Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live coming at you from the first day of Fort Fest, the, the, un, the officially unofficial first day of Fort Fest. I don't know how to characterize it because there's nothing official about Fort Fest, but June the 28th is the day that we've been pushing as the start of Fort Fest for the last year, basically. So is this, but to some well, people, Fort Fest started on June the 21st, uh, which was when I arrived. And for some people, it started on June the 18th. Well, technically, you can declare any time or place Forkfest with equal authority. So, I mean... Yes. I mean, the it, it's weird, and I'm not sure how things are going to shape out. From what I've been hearing, a lot of people are planning to leave on Wednesday. But also, yeah, it sounds like it. A lot of people are also planning to come back this weekend. So, I, I don't know exactly how things are going to shake out, but I'm interested to, to see it. And I've been talking with people about the prospects for next year, and... From what I can gather, it was actually uh, Sean who runs uh, Let's Get Loaded Fries. He actually had four food trucks here this year about what we should do. And, there, you know, there's still a, par- a pre-party here at the campground every single year. People show up, you know, like the weekend before. Mm-hmm. And that party has no name. It's just people showing up early, hanging out, starting to get set up and having a good time. Then there's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and then there's Fork Fest, which happens a year, I mean, a week after. Maybe we should fork Fork Fest from Somalia Fest and have the, have the pre-Pork Fest party, Somalia Fest, and the post-Pork Fest party, which I don't recommend saying 10 times fast, uh, be Fork Fest. That's exactly what uh, Sean suggested, and I really like the idea. I think that's probably the most effective way of doing it, which would put uh, Fork Fest next year as being June the 18th. Through July the 30th. Mm. That's the Wednesday after. I mean, after that, you know, the normal people start, the non-libertarians start coming in and the vibe changes. Suddenly, you know, things start going missing occasionally and stuff Mm. like that. The campground isn't as clean because the libertarians here are notoriously good at cleaning up behind themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we, normal- we, we believe in ownership of our property, which means that if you leave something behind, you are responsible for that. Yes. So the vibe changes after Wednesday and it becomes just different. This year, there's no live music to, you know, culminate the end of Fork Fest, as it were. And it just seems like it may be a better idea because we're also going to be working more closely with the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year to create the biggest and best festival that we can. And it seems like we can work with them to have both the pre-party 
and the after party. Both of them just sort of called Fork Fest because that's probably the simplest way of doing it mm. and categorizing Fork Fest as something that occurs from June the twelfth, June the eighteenth through June the thirtieth. But I don't know. I you know I'm still talking with people about it, and it's going to come down to what do people want, you know? <laughs> because I mean, what, it's not really what they want. What are people doing? I guess is the most important right. thing. Because are you coming up here early or not? And are you staying past Wednesday or not? And it seems like most people came up here early, and most people are not staying past Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So let let's capitalize on that in the way that a good anarchist would, and let's say, all right, well. Those are our dates then, because that's when we're going to be there. So let's promote that, the pre-party and the after-party. That's what I'm leaning toward right now. Of course, I'm not in charge of this. I'm just you know, one of the ones who's going to be promoting the dates over the next year. But anyone can set the dates, as you said, to be whatever they want. Well, if you do that, I might just decide to create an entirely new event called Somalia Fest that takes place after Fork Fest until the uh, 4th of July. You're more than welcome to. There used to be a Spork Fest. I, I think last year's Spork Fest happened prior to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. But the way all of this started, I mean, we, we talked about it the other day, and I'm, I'm pleased to announce that although there were some issues between myself and Carla Garrick, uh, she actually approached me the other night. Uh, we buried Saturday night. In fact, we buried the hatchet, and we're back on good terms again. As long as I don't make any more donations to any of her campaigns <laughs> under the auspices of the Reformed Satanic Church, a, a Which, reasonable request, I think. It's reasonable, sure. And you know, I'll admit, I I did that to to troll. Um, it, it I, I love to say, you know, I was just donating money to her Senate campaign or her representative campaign. I don't I don't even remember what the hell she was running for now, but it was intentional and by design to do it from the Reformed Satanic Church instead of from Aria the Mezzo. There there was an intentional dig there. It's like the best kind of you know, passive aggression, in my opinion, is when you can you can do something that's genuinely nice to someone and it just pisses them off. <laughs> to me, that's that's peak passive aggressiveness and if yeah, I'm known for yeah. anything, it's being fairly passive-aggressive. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. I did that, you know, intentionally to troll her. But it was also, as I said, to characterize that, hey, I have no hard feelings towards you. But I'm still going to troll you because that's, that's what I do. But anyway, it was an awesome time. The Porcupine Freedom Festival, I mean. Um, it, was, it was amazing. Saturday night was amazing for me because I ended up judging the... Um, the rant competition, the soapbox idol competition. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect that. I was just there prior to the thing. And Carla approached me. I was like, hey, do you want to be my third judge? I was like, sure, why not? And that was when we sort of buried the hatchet. But at my first Porcupine Freedom Festival um, four years ago, everyone became aware of me when I did soapbox idol competition. Everyone huh. thought I won that year. I, I didn't. I actually placed second, but the, the now, rant was that, so... That was, the, uh, the, was that the LGBT uh, uh, rant that you did then? It was. Nice. And then four years later, or three years later, it, it's, it's, this is my fifth Fork Fest, but it's my fourth year, mm-hmm. if, if that makes any sense. It, it, well, it all yeah, gets yeah, very confusing in my head. That, that Same here. Uh, this is my fourth Pork Fest because my... my my initial experience of New Hampshire was Porkfest, but it's that means I've been here for three years. Yeah, but uh, I was and, thinking about that the other day. I was like, "Wait a minute! If this is my fifth 
Porcupine Freedom Festival, then that means I was here in, that means I came here two years with Will Coley and then went back to Mississippi, but I didn't. I only did that for one year, so I had to sit back and actually think about how all of this crap works, and I was like, okay, yes, four years ago was my first one, but this is my fifth one, and that's hard to figure out on the fly. Yeah, you lost me. Yeah, it's, you lost it's all me very or... confusing, but... Thomas Snap is going to be joining us um, at some point today, and I'm really excited to talk to him because he's just about the only libertarian I knew from back before Call to Freedom, back before Free Talk Live, and back before my first Porcupine Freedom Festival. He was the one who saw Aria Demetso go from this random person writing a blog at anarchistgmail.com to someone sitting next to Tom Woods and Jeremy Kaufman judging this event at the largest porcupine freedom festival in history mm-hmm. and it's it's just been amazing to to be a part of that i mean really to have had all of this happen for me i mean it was a moment of pride sitting up there you know judging this competition that just three years ago see i'm already confused again four years ago i don't recall I was, you know, no one knew who I was, and I was just this this random trans person stepping up onto the soapbox to do a rant. And it's it's and been a fun four years. And definitely a great point, because, like, either this is something that is not your choice, in which case you can't be proud of it, or it is something that's your choice, in which case you have a whole other set of problems. Well, that wasn't even what my rant was about. It was just about how... It was about what the people are arguing about now. Someone, an, another trans person told me, it was like, you were actually ahead of the curve on this by several years because I was ranting about essentially the presence of kink at LGBTQ pride parades mm. and how they're, they're openly sexualized when, to me, it's about trying to live your life peacefully. You can't argue that what people do in the bedroom is their own business if you're taking that and you're putting it out in the streets. That is a good point. For the entire world to see. And look, I, I know people who walk around in Keene wearing, wearing leashes and collars and stuff like that. It's not common, but I do know people. And they shouldn't be shamed for that, no. But is that really how the LGBTQ community wants to present themselves to the world as people to be treated as equals? To me, it's just it's not a good message, and kink I don't see in any way being related to LGBTQ issues. I mean, I can see why people would conflate them, but uh, yeah, no, those are those are definitely different things. More coming up from Forkfest. You can still join us. We're here until July the fourth. Forkfest.party is the website. One more time, that's Forkfest.party. It's free talk live. It's Free Talk Live from the first day of Forkfest, June the 28th. I'm joined now by... Peakless Mountaineer. And Chris. And, and I'm Aria, for those who somehow didn't know that. I didn't think to say that. Now, we were just talking off the air about the Porcupine Freedom Festival and the, the massive crowd that it had. And we're not sure what's going to happen with Forkfest because we don't sell tickets. I could go up to the office and ask, you know, well... What sort of reservations do you have for this week coming up? And, you know, they, they would give me a general idea, but mm. I kind of like to be surprised. I don't see any – that information wouldn't have any real value to me 
except to spout it on the air. And I, I don't really care that much. You know, people people will show up, people will leave. There will be someone here. I mean, you get bragging rights, but uh, that's not worth tracking people over. But we were just talking about how, you know, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival had hit 85% of its, or Rogers Campground had hit 85% capacity Thursday night. Mm -hmm. Friday night, more people arrived. Saturday, even more people arrived. I mean, the place was packed. I, I haven't seen that many libertarians in one place in my entire life. Right. And we were talking about the... A lot of people, it's always a hot issue here. Oh, someone needs to buy Rogers Campground, but no one is doing it. And I am at my wit's end for people sitting here saying, we should buy this place. So, well, put a plan together and buy the place. So, so here's here. there's a couple of problems with that, actually. So people have tried to buy it, actually. And some of the issues are that um, there, there, there are certain, there's certain documentation that has not been kept on Rogers Campground. Um, taxes and things like that have been paid, but because that documentation has been kept, you can't get a mortgage on it. I am aware and of that. Even but the if, people who have the money to put the down payment on it can't buy it as a result, and they're also asking for No, you, you're, you're thinking in terms of, oh, let's take out a loan from the bank for $1.5 million and buy the place. There were 3,000 libertarians here Saturday. No one put any effort into saying, hey, we're creating a fundraiser to buy this place so that we can keep doing this. Instead of, you know, what the future holds, which is it's, someone else is going to end up owning this place. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of it's money. Lot but of money. if you spread that out across 3,000 libertarians, it's not as much money. It's but no not. one's interested in doing that. It's not. But you're... They just want to keep freaking talking about how someone needs to buy this place. It should be <laughs> us. Okay? Then do it. Look, look. there's been serious uh, efforts. No, in, there in hasn't. Roads. There's been serious conversation, but no one has done a damn there thing except Mark Edge. And yes. that's who you're referring to. He's the only one yes. who's put in any yes. effort into actually acquiring there this place. There were talks. There were negotiations. They twice, I believe, and it just, it just they couldn't come up. They couldn't come up with you know what needed to happen because of the paperwork. It right, was but the paperwork, paperwork. the paperwork is only meaningful if you're trying to take out a loan from the bank in order to buy, buy the place. Are you well, telling me there aren't enough libertarians with Bitcoin that they could just cash out and buy this place? I'm almost positive I, there I are. I think the answer to that is that it, it, it could potentially could have been purchased. However, um, you know, it, do you throw all your money into a place that's not, you know, not making enough money? And, you know, what's the risk and all these other factors? And, you know, it's... There are a lot of people with you know crypto and currency, and they do have a, a bit of wealth. But how many of them are dedicated, hardcore libertarians who moved to New Hampshire, and you know for the migration movement? Well, you know? it's difficult to say. And look, I'm not trying to say that someone should cash out all of their Bitcoin and buy Rogers Campground or anything like that. But s- cashing out one of your Bitcoins for some of these people. One Bitcoin is, what, $40,000 right now at most? Yeah. So it's not enough to buy Rogers Campground. No, but you only need 20 people to do that. And I guarantee you that there were 20 libertarians here who had at least three or four Bitcoin. Is, and that, they could, is that right? Is that yeah. math right? Yeah. It come, that would come out to about $2.5 million, I think. And what was it, $3 million that was they were asking for the campground? No, it was like $1.5 Oh, yeah, you might be right. Okay, maybe. yeah, maybe it could be done. I'm maybe just saying the means, are, the means are certainly here. I mean, the fundraising yeah. options are certainly here. All it takes is someone to actually develop a plan and put it into action, and no one wants to do all that. Right, they right, just want to. Are you ready to put down? Your no, I made it clear I'm not going to, but I'm not one of the ones sitting here saying <laughs> we should buy this place. 
So we are way too close to when I'm asleep for me to be doing math on my own. So I use my uh, handy handy dandy uh, uh, pocket rock. Uh, so forty k times twenty is just eight hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so we would need forty people instead. But there were still more. Yeah, I was uh, I was wondering about that. So like uh, they were asking what one point five for this place? I believe so. All right, hang on. I will use my handy dandy shiny rock. At any rate, you don't necessarily need 40 people selling one Bitcoin in order to make it happen because libertarians are, are notoriously uh, not limited to just Bitcoin. The, the means are certainly there, right? The issue is just that everyone wants to talk. No one wants to do. And that's the issue you run into libertarians all throughout the United States. They want to sit there and talk on Facebook. They don't want to actually do anything to help the cause of liberty. And we, and that's one of the reasons I get so frustrated when I hear people saying, we should buy Rogers Campground. Yeah, well, go post on Facebook about it. Because you saying that is every bit as helpful as going on Facebook and posting about how much I'm, you wish. I, I have to say, I'm not, I'm not quite so cynical. Um, I, I recognize that it, it could still happen. And it's, it's you know, some of the, sometimes things take good things take time. You know? It certainly could still happen, and I'm not saying it won't, but it won't happen if people keep saying, we need to buy Rogers Campground instead of saying, okay, I'm going to develop this plan, and I'm not going to be the one to do it. I have no interest in doing it. To me, whether or not someone else buys Rogers Campground, they're like, no, we don't want the festivals happening here. Fine. We'll find a different part, place to do our festivals at. I'm not emotionally... That sounds a lot easier said than done. Yeah, it does. I mean... Not really. I mean, if you can say, hey, look, we want to bring in 500 people to have a festival, and all of these are paying customers, no one's going to say no to that. I mean, you don't have the... You're going to have to develop the infrastructure, and... It, the, there are, it there are plenty gonna, of campgrounds in New Hampshire, Chris. Not large enough, though. And there's, That's the problem. Okay, well, Rogers is not, the largest campground in New Hampshire, which is why it's here. Right. There, it has been held at smaller campgrounds in the past when the event was smaller. Then it will just have to be a smaller event if no one buys Rogers and the next owners are hostile to the freedom movement. Mm. I, I have, I'm not emotionally tied to Rogers Campground or the 3,000 attendee Porcupine Freedom Festival. I don't think anybody mm. is emotionally tied to Rogers Campground specifically. And to be honest, I don't even know this is, the, this is that great of a campground. It's 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 dilapidated things are falling apart it needs a lot of work um i mean they can't even the the, the water systems can't handle you know the 1400 people that we've had in past years it certainly is not going to be able to handle the 3000 i would argue it's the best campground for this not because of the infrastructure or anything like that but because it has some of the most lax administrators and owners that you know you can find out there. Yeah, I mean, Crosby I, basically lets people do whatever the hell the, they want. I, I think the part of that though is also the financials incentives, right? Like, let's be real. Even if somebody hates us, when we bring in three thousand people and you're the primary festival for and bring the primary. Keep in mind, you were just arguing that it's going to be hard to find another campground for a festival. Oh, so no, I'm, I'm absolutely you, arguing that because, like, number one, we're loud. In New Hampshire. In no, New Hampshire, I'm talking about. Number two, I mean, while we do generate uh, a lot of business for some of the businesses of Lancaster, there are plenty of people in Lancaster that I'm sure just dread this every year. Yeah, but they don't matter. The only person who matters is the so, one who owns the campground. So the reason the reason that it would continue either way is because, basically, Porkfest and Forkfest are... The fun, the tax revenue from this town is mostly Rogers Campground. Mm-hmm. So take that into account, and then take into account that whoever owns this property, if they're not, if they're not bringing the revenue from Porkfest and Forkfest, this campground goes down. It's no longer financially feasible to maintain this campground. Well, and it does matter what a town thinks, because otherwise they get together uh, people and start acting politically to get you out. 
Four Points. More coming up from Fork Fest 2021. It's officially unofficial. Come join us at Rogers Campground. We're here until July the 4th. It's Free Talk Live. Brute Force. Intransigent defiance, adamantine will, these are the hallmarks of the AI tank. These gigantic machines have the firepower of an army, but they also have their own sense of honor and duty. When the world breakers arrive, battle will be joined, planets will shake, and war and peace will never be the same again. World Breakers. Stories from David Weber, Larry Correa, and more. Available August 3rd from BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live, ordinarily talk radio that you control, but we are off-site at Rogers Campground for Fork Fest 2021. We're here until July the 4th. It's disheartening to see a lot of people leaving. A lot of people are staying, of course, and you know we're expecting more people to show up throughout the weekend. The Porcupine Freedom Festival was like this as well. Monday, there were very few people here. Tuesday, there were more. Wednesday, there was more. Well, this is Monday, so we would expect this to be the lowest turnout. However, it seems that a lot of people are planning to leave on Wednesday. I gotta say, though, the only people I'm not upset to see gone are those annoying Bitcoin maximalists that sat right there and ran their mouths seven hours every single day about a subject that they know nothing about. You know know what's funny about that is I didn't I didn't really see that too much, but I've heard I've heard from other people, and they got called out like constantly by by like other people. It was pretty funny, I thought. Which is good. I I was strongly considering grabbing the microphone at one point because they have a live Q and A session at the end. I sincerely thought about going up there and just grilling these people because yeah. they were Bitcoin maximalists, uh, huge advocates of the Lightning Network, which, from what I can tell, is pretty much the sign of a Bitcoin maximalist. If they say, oh, Lightning Network, okay, yep, you're a maxi, and you're you, probably dumb. You know what's, you know what's interesting not is... Not dumb, but uninformed, and not not very well versed in cryptocurrency. A lot of, what I've noticed is a lot of people who are like Bitcoin max or Bitcoin maximalists, or I, you know, I wouldn't say that, um, but Lightning Coin fans have actually, uh, at least in our community, have actually been like, oh yeah, I'll accept you know Monero, I'll accept Bitcoin Cash, I'll accept Dash. So it's it's kind of interesting because it seems like a lot of the people who are not in New Hampshire who are Lightning Coin or Lightning Network fans are more so uh, the type that have never accepted cryptocurrency, they've never spent cryptocurrency, they've never used it, even though they're advocating for the Lightning Network, which it, the whole point of is to re-enable bi- people to be able to spend Bitcoin. It we- was really fascinating hearing them talk. I was talking with someone who had actually gone up and grabbed the microphone from them. That that was Mo, by the way, for those who didn't know. Oh, and, good. Yeah. yeah. Good for- and I said, <laughs> it sounds to me like none of these people have ever actually bought or sold anything for cryptocurrency. And he said, well, you're exactly right. I tried to buy a a cup of coffee from one of them, and they couldn't get it to work. So that's the level of expertise people are dealing with as they sat there listening to these guys. They're people who don't know how to accept or send an actual transaction. 
you know, I was talking to one of them and I was kind of being facetious with him. I was like, hey, um, yeah, I support surveillance coins. Do you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you have an event where three fourths of the people are from out of state. You're going to get a certain amount of people who are coming, not because they want to move to New Hampshire as part of the migration movement, but basically because they want to make a buck off of, you know, what all the awesome stuff we've got, you know, well, I mean, that, going sure. on. not for nothing. I came here to make money and I'm up a little there's, bit. There's nothing wrong with making money. I'm right. not saying there is, but that's not really why we're here. Like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, well, what I, mean? I mean, we, well, yeah, we are. I think we're here. To well, be I'm here, here for freedom. I don't know why you're well, here. Yeah. But freedom means that I have the right to do what I want. And I, I've sure. achieved these. And things. Part of that is capitalism, but Absolutely. part of it's also other stuff. And if all you're here, if all you care about is capitalism, I can, no, no, no. it's not like I put that at the top of my, list i came here to have fun right right so, me too but and and making some money was fun absolutely same here okay yeah so i don't know i but they're just about the money part right and yeah that's yeah. the difference you know yeah yeah, well, yeah i don't know why they were here except i mean i've never even heard of these people i've got their pamphlet here because someone invited me over there and you know i listened to them the first day and wrote them off almost immediately I don't know who Joe Saz or Tony Vase are. They're, they're people I've never heard of. You know, and I'm, I'm one of the Crypto Six. So how influential or knowledgeable can these people really be? I'm, everybody starts from somewhere, so I'm not going to write them off because of that. But I am going to start writing them off when they start saying stuff like, oh, I like they've never used, they've never actually used the Lightning Network or they've never used Bitcoin or like, like, and they have no plans to move up here or anything. Like, do, how much do they really care about freedom? You know, how much do they really care about you know the things? Well, that they were, were paid were... to be here apparently by some company called Embly well, right. or something and, like and that. that. That's that's the other thing. It's like they're not they're here because but, they're making somebody's being paying them to be here, right? And they're not from here. They're not playing to move here. They're they're just well. I don't I don't mind a cryptocurrency advocate who's not in New Hampshire as long as you know they're advocating the use and encouraging the use of cryptocurrency. But I I literally listen to them shout right. people down for suggesting currencies that are actually usable in the real world. Right, right. They, they hate it on Monero. They yep. hate it on Bitcoin Cash. Like Mo offered five dollars in Bitcoin Cash to anyone who would open up their wallet. And one of these one of these characters, one of these maxis, immediately said into the microphone, "All of you people who raised your hands, you just sold out your principles for five dollars." It's like they're paid chills, man. Like, what do you expect? But paid, paid chills for who? They're, they're not paid shills. They're Bitcoin maximalists who someone handed them. Didn't you just say that they're being paid by some company? Yes, yeah, and I just Emily. looked it up. I mean, that sounds I, like a paid chill to me. I just looked up Emily, and they're actually a Visa card. They're really? yeah, they're they're saying it's the easiest way to trade, and you can use it on all the big plat, you know, like Amazon, Netflix, and that sort I of mean, thing. I mean, speaking of trading, they did a panel Friday at eleven a.m. called "Trading Bitcoin" with Tony Vase and Joe Saz. Can you imagine listening to two people who don't know how to spend cryptocurrency doing a panel on trading Bitcoin? Yeah. But, I mean, what can you do except, you know, counter their arguments? And, of course, that's what Free Talk Live does. I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. The closest I would come to being any sort of maximalist would be a Monero maximalist. But I'm not even that. I'm a cryptocurrency I mean, maximalist. I'm not even that because I like the goldbacks just as much as I do cryptocurrency. Oh, I, I, I invested some goldbacks while I was here, and it's great. It was very receptive to a lot of the vendors here. And I'm going to carry it through to the next event, uh, Jackalope. And so I can't wait because I guess they were primed last year uh, yeah. with the goldbacks. And uh, so, uh, yeah, they're going to be seeing a bunch of New Hampshire goldbacks down there. <laughs> yeah, the, the goldbacks are cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm like definitely uh, – I, I don't want to say I'm a big – I'm certainly not a maximalist because the maximalists will refuse to use anything else. But I have to say like – Well, not necessarily like uh – 
Chris Reitman, who used to host the show, describes himself as a Bitcoin maximalist. He's not. But he will accept other... I mean, even if he describes... I don't think he... I don't, I've never heard him he describe is. himself as that, but even if he is, he's not because he accepts other crypto. Yes, but he immediately converts them back into Bitcoin. Okay. I... All right, that still doesn't sound like a maximalist to me. He's a maximalist. Well, he describes himself to... as a maximalist, and I'm not going to argue with him. About yeah, whether or not I mean, he's a that's, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I mean, like, and that's the thing. Like in New Hampshire, it seems like even the people who might be Bitcoin maximalists are willing to accept other cryptocurrencies. Well, they're not and... going to turn away paying customers. Sure, I like Monero, and, and I'll and I'll say I like Monero too. Like I like uh, privacy coins, but at the same time, I recognize that. You know, our infrastructure is not there to support, you know, merchants accepting Monero. So it is. I mean, last year I was the only person here who was spending Monero. This year I spent a little bit of Monero this year and last year. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. But the thing is, like, until you have the the merchant integration for it, it's hard to spend. This has been a sore point for me because the, the AnyPay people had Monero logos all over their office, yet. Their protocol, the ones that's relied upon most heavily here at ForkFest and in Keene and in Portsmouth, yeah. doesn't support Monero. So I would almost make the argument that AnyPay, at least in regard to using privacy coins, has been holding us back. It's it's notwithstanding okay. the awesome, incredible right. work they've done. So so there's there's reasons for that that have that go beyond like their ability. They, they unfortunately it's much so. All right, so obviously you know that Monero was very different than Bitcoin right. and forks of Bitcoin because it's a totally different code base. And so there's some complications there. And some of the things that AnyPay has been forced to do because of legal reasons has put us in that situation. This isn't them, and they've they've been saying they want to add Monero back, but it's it's a huge undertaking effectively. So it's in some sense, yeah, it is holding us back, but it's also government really. And there's not going to be, unless you have an intermediary with the resources and time and energy and developers, competent developers, to actually build a a platform that can support Monero, it's going to be a challenge because most merchants... I don't even see how that's necessary. Just just have the business owner open up their Edge wallet or whatever. And that works fine. generate an XMR Let's go back to why AnyPay exists in the first place. I don't think we're really going to have time to get into it, but I mean, it was to be a payment platform to make things easier for people. If you don't want to give your employees access to the cash drawer, that's what AnyPay solves. What what I'm not hearing here is the pirate coin. What do you guys think about R? Like, (laughs) uh, you laugh, but... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, th- there's a million different coins. I can't possibly have opinions on all of them. Sure, but I, I hear a lot of uh, more talk with Pirate Coin than Monero here. It's a, it seems like a sh- another shill kind of coin. More coming up from Fork Fest. We're Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live from Port Fest here in, at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. And I got to say, I love being here. I love Port Fest, but I'm in this weird position of also just tremendously looking forward to the end of Fork Fest because I will be returning to Keene. And if you go to freetalklive.com, you'll see that I, I just created a blog post about it. That will be the, the celebrated return of Aria and Ian doing Free Talk Live together in the same studio again. And there's going to be a freer talk live after free talk live. What's, oh, nice! Yeah, so technically it's 
I mean, Free Your Talk Live is Free Talk Live. It's just broadcast on different platforms. That's just the nickname we gave what is basically just an internet-only version of Free Talk Live. FCC unregulated version. Yeah, but it's still Free Talk Live. So I, I ran that by my attorney. I was like, look, uh, it's not broadcast on terrestrial radio, but it's still Free Talk Live. So this is covered, right? Waiting to hear back from him because it's, it's all very confusing and... It, the, the definitions and terminology is just very important, uh, evidently. Yeah, dot your I's, cross your T's. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be July the 5th. It'll happen live, so that, that, that will be probably our second return to live shows because, I mean, Sunday is the last day of ForkFest. I'm not going to try to delude anyone into thinking that we're going to somehow pre-record a live show while also taking everything down and preparing to leave so that we don't get charged for another day or any of that other nonsense. July the 5th, I'm tremendously looking forward to it. it it's, it's great to be here, and it's great to see so many people here, and I'm thrilled. I mean, there were you mentioned uh, Pirate Coin yeah, pirate or something coin, like yeah. that. Yeah, Th- There were representatives of them here, right? Weren't yes. they down there doing Pirates of the Caribbean every night? Yeah, they got that big night? movie screen. And you that think, was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. But it was, it was kind of funny. Is that but didn't, they, they, didn't they show the same movie no, every uh, single well, night? they showed all I the Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. There's a series, yeah. yeah and, I mean, but, I know but, there's like four oh, movies. Here's, here's another this, reason this why I was going to bring up. I was going to bring it up. Okay, go for it. It was that... It was just really funny because they called Pirate Coin, but they bought the rights to the movie. <laughs> and I was like, I asked him, like, hey, That's embarrassing. well, uh, I, I might be able to get you, like, pirated versions of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. They clearly, like, don't, right. they, they clearly don't know this audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, like, you, maybe they should announce that they bought the rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They, they actually bought from Disney the rights to broadcast I, well, or no, to I think show. They, I think they did the licensing thing so as if they were a theater. Right. And so they... Well, that's bought, buying the rights, not just not yes, the exclusive yeah. rights. But they bought right, the rights to basically yeah. just play the movie for... That, yep. I mean, at least... What cowards, man. I know, right? Do they think there's going to be a Disney rep running around <laughs> here in the audience? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, this is the place to be afraid about people reporting you and everything. <laughs> That's crazy. I I didn't know that. Uh, and they're they're the ones who are shilling pirate coin. I don't know yeah. about this now. This is what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like these are not <laughs> our people. They're oh. certainly not. And you know, they're a fork of Zcash. There's hundreds of forks, if not thousands, yeah, of there, Zcash. There's Zen. There's Hush. There's there's a bunch of them. And that, they they have the uh, privacy turned on by defaults too. Or th- there isn't a non-private option for them. So right. Yeah. So plenty of other better options i think than pirate coin i mean between choosing pirate coin and hush i would go with hush simply Definitely. because i know the developers behind hush yeah and, sure yeah, yeah, makes sense that, that goes a long way yeah either zen or or pirate probably or i'm sorry <laughs> zen or hush um not pirate horizon is also a good choice um i haven't spoken with the horizon developers in quite some time it was probably been three years but they were good people and they believed in privacy and you know that's that's the important thing here yeah i mean it's not really it's not like a real privacy coin but they had some it was better at the time right they're sure yeah they're creating infrastructure around it to to create more privacy but it's it's not really i don't think it's fully secured like this that was one of the portray. weird things I heard from the Maxis, actually. When someone mentioned Monero, they was like, well, how do you know? What if, what if they discover a glitch that, you know, magically makes all of this, you know, supposedly hidden information available? I was like, okay, then in that case, it's no better than Bitcoin. Right. But it's <laughs> right. not any worse than Bitcoin. Yep. And they will immediately patch it and fix it. So... 
I mean, sure, that, that thing right. can happen. I believe it actually did happen it, at it, one point. It, yeah, it did. Um, to, it was, to some degree, anyway, it did. Yeah. It was something like it It revealed the details of like 90% of transactions or something like that. It, but Monero fixed it. It was. I don't think it was like that. I think it was more like you could determine with enough effort a certain percentage of the transactions you could make the connections. But yeah, it's it's still yeah. it was still a security issue that it was an imperfection that showed itself in its early days. And they fixed it. They did, they did. And Versus Bitcoin which has no desire to fix those things. It's you know, you know what tells you how well it's been developed one of the ways is how long has it been around? How long are people using it and how badly does the government want to crack it and this is one of the reasons why i know bitcoin has proven itself because it's been how long and they haven't cracked it obviously it's not private but it is they 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 haven't been able to forcefully take crypto from people uh other than you know if it's on a hosted exchange or something like that right so we know bitcoin works technologically speaking but monero works too in that it's been around it's one it's been around one of the longest coins it's been around that actually has real good math behind it and there's um, fairly good reason to believe that it was Satoshi Nakamoto's creation. Monero? And, yeah. I personally... Interesting. I tend toward that theory. Well, the white paper from Monero and the white paper from Bitcoin has some, some spelling similarities and some grammatical similarities that suggest huh. they may have, in fact, been the same person, so, which, which would make sense. Satoshi yeah. invented Bitcoin and was like, oh, I didn't anticipate the creation of these problems. So now we need to create a way to fix those. But whoever created Monero, they did a really good job. And I trust it a lot more than I trust, you know, a Bitcoin mixer to maintain my privacy. For sure. I never understood the value of mixers except to create so many transactions that it was difficult but still not impossible. I mean, the problem the problem with mixers is technologically speaking, it you could use technology to to track it still. It's just yeah. a human can't, but that doesn't change the fact that it can be and, done. And there's plenty of blockchain analytic firms that do exactly right, that. Exactly, so, exactly. So how does a mixer help? Right. I think I think in their you know, earlier days, um, you know, before we had things like Monero, it it made sense. I mean uh, look Here's How the long thing. has Monero existed, though? I, I don't think there it's were that many early days between the creation of Bitcoin and the creation of Monero. Maybe well, like four Monero or five years. Monero wasn't around when the original Silk Road came out. So let's okay. go back to that point, right? And I, I think if you look at it from the perspective of, say, like a drug dealer, right? A drug dealer isn't not expecting to get caught. They're, they're expecting to get caught eventually. What they need to do is extend that time period before they actually get caught. And something like Bitcoin does that, even though it's not anonymous, right? Something like Monero does that, even though it is anonymous, but they still have that risk because they have to send out a package and that package has a zip code on it. So you, at some point, with enough data, you can start going back and filming, like, you know, I don't know, um, drop sure. boxes for where you put the mail in to send out the drugs, and eventually you can figure out who it is. So even. But the know, reality is that the vast majority of cryptocurrency transactions, including Monero, are completely above the board and completely legal. I, I, I don't, sure. it, I don't know why you would jump to selling drugs as, you know, this thing about cryptocurrency. Oh, oh, no, no, I no. just want it's, financial privacy. Right, right. And I agree. I'm not trying to. Drugs just is. is the well, simplest, you're playing the media's easiest. game when you talk about. It's it's true. When you talk it's about true. privacy and immediately jump into selling drugs. I just want to buy a cup of coffee without the federal government knowing what I bought and why I bought it. Yeah, and how I, much wanna, I, spent I want to be it. left alone. I don't want the government or anybody to see what I do on a daily basis. Like this, you know, privacy is super important to who we are. But uh, you know, the ability to use cryptocurrency has uh, opened up all these doors to maybe we 
what we couldn't have done, and maybe that falls under drugs. But, but my only point with that was to say that it, it's not always about you know having complete privacy. It's it's simply about extending the amount of time that which you have uh, you know privacy for. It's 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 about minimizing the security risks that come with not having privacy. Sure, I just don't want to jump to selling drugs as the reason for privacy. I always go to the example it's not, of, it's, of having sex in the bedroom. Very you know? few people are using. I it close for drugs. my curtains when I have sex. And it's not because I'm doing anything illegal. It's because I value my privacy. Absolutely. And I, and, I feel and, like most people can understand that analogy. They're not having sex with their windows wide open because they value their privacy. For the same reason, it doesn't matter what I'm doing behind that closed door or behind that closed curtain. I just want the privacy while I do it. To me, that's, that's the approach to take. It's not, oh, well, this person wants to sell drugs. Hey, have you considered Monero? It's got shielded transactions. It's, hey, you value your privacy. Have you considered Monero? And I think that's a stronger, healthier Look, I approach. I prefer Monero, and I've never bought drugs with Bitcoin. So, <laughs> I've, If you count caffeine, I certainly have. All right, let me, let me rephrase that. I've never bought illicit drugs with Bitcoin. Okay. I've also bought alcohol with cryptocurrency. I've never really bought anything with actual Bitcoin, I think, except maybe some car repairs. Back right. in the day, before there were high fees and everything else, I did. <laughs> Sure. But the high fees came about in 2017 uh, at the previous peak of Bitcoin. And as far as I can tell, they just never went away. They, it, they fluctuated. Um, I, you know, I've, I've spent, I'm still spending Bitcoin every once in a while for stuff. And the fees sometimes are low, like a dollar to five dollars. And that's still ridiculous, but compared to especially some of the other cryptos. But it is more coming up from the cryptocurrency festival. I wish I could spend cryptocurrency but hey i've got gold backs and i've got silver and i can certainly spend those you're welcome to join us we're here until july the 4th it's free talk live when a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from proxima centauri the nations of earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last with the proximans facing an extinction level disaster earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course saving proxima a hard science fiction thriller by travis s taylor and les johnson from banebooks.com Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. There's still time if you want to join us. We're here until July the 4th. You're more than welcome to come check it out. It's a good time. It's a beautiful day. Not too hot, not too cold. Exactly what you would expect in the New Hampshire White Mountains. We've been talking a lot about cryptocurrency today, and if you have no idea what we're talking about, then you should head over to Bitcoin.com. It's the best place to learn about cryptocurrency. It's got a number of short videos. Click on Get Started at the top, and you'll get taken directly to them. It doesn't take long to learn about this world-changing information, this world-changing technology. But if you already know about Bitcoin, then... Check out news.bitcoin.com to stay up to date on all the news that's relevant to you. News.bitcoin.com. Now, prior to our discussions of cryptocurrency and Monero and the the annoying Bitcoin maximalists that sat here <laughs> spouting off at the mouth for the better part of the last week, we were talking about Rogers Campground and the prospect of buying it. Now, this 
Every year this conversation happens. Well, we, we can't expect the maximalists that were here to uh, cough up any money for for the purchasing of this place. <laughs> but, uh, Certainly not if what they have is Bitcoin and they don't know how to use Bitcoin, which from everything I've heard and everything you know people have said but, is uh, the case. But the right people uh, that I saw, I was uh, you know I was at a meeting yesterday. Uh, we discussed. Uh, they were discussing. I just kind of listened in, and you know, just tuned in a couple of times. But uh, they they were really talking about the um, the values of the place and and how like uh, how to filter what comes in and that sort of thing, and and make sure that the uh, the right people are here. And the, if you purchase, there's you know they were so so they're already planning tyranny. No, 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 well, no. We no. can control who no, no, comes actually, in and who. I mean, that's what you just. Well, no, no, no. We want to make sure the right, no. right crowd shows up. We can't well, have look, that. Ian Freeman. We've been down that well, road. Well, well, these val- Well, these values that I speak of are. They, they were talking about uh, adopting the Shire Society's values, and that would be like the filter. If you, if you can't, if you can't adapt to the Shire Society, then you're probably not going to be welcomed here. Um, and it's not like you wouldn't See, be able to come you, here for the festivals or anything You've still like already that. lost me, man. The, the Shire Society Declaration is a personal declaration of independence. It's not meant to be a sort of gatekeeping thing to keep people out. And sure. No, yeah. To that's, be honest, that's not what I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually perfectly all right with the idea of uh, gatekeeping in the sense of can you abide by the non-aggression principle? Well, the vast that's a good majority, basis, yes. No, it, it isn't. The vast majority of libertarians who have attended this festival throughout the last week do not 100% adhere to the non-aggression principle. Oh, a, no. A a great yeah. majority yeah. of them are classical liberals. Some of them yeah. are Republicans. It, and I don't want to turn those people away simply because we have these new tyrants who want to control who can and can't enter the park. Okay, we might Let be talking about two different things. Uh, I mean, like, I, I'm saying while you are here, that is the rule. Well, that's the rule anyway. No, it's a, it's a We common... don't have to have a sheet of paper and a statement from people saying, I will not aggress against anyone while attending this festival. Well, it's, it's just point. a common thing that we all kind of agree on. So, like, when we see that out of place, then we, like, question this person or something like that. So, we're, we're as a community, we're looking, uh, you know, from the perspective, like, oh, this guy probably doesn't either know or he's obviously violating uh, these, um, you know, these principles. And, I'm, and like, what about the people who try to come here who have never heard of libertarianism or the non-aggression right. principle? Right, it's a good point, actually. All right, so I don't need to go away? too far off topic of the, the buying of the place. But I, just well, I think say it's important. If, we're, if someone is going to buy the place, I don't, I don't want them to immediately away, turn away everyone who they consider to be, quote, not a real libertarian, because every libertarian <laughs> I've ever met is the only real libertarian. Yeah, no, you're right. Or maybe you're wrong, because you're not really a libertarian to me. Right. <laughs> okay. uh, but that's okay. That's okay. I, I like you, Arya. You can, you can hang out here. I have no problem. Even though I am the only real libertarian. <laughs> actually, I'm in charge right now. <laughs> no, but uh, actually, I don't want to go too far off topic on this, but I just want to say that there were some incidents that occurred, some of them major, some of them minor. Uh, but uh, the other night was, uh, you know, a major incident. Like, uh, we had, uh, I call them normies from town, like locals, that came in and, you know, just trying to pick fights with people. Uh, and they even went to the extent of, Trying to uh, there was a like a, uh, a pig roast and they had the you know the money pot they had the money pot and uh, they they attempted to steal the money pot maybe like thousands of dollars oh wow yeah and uh, so when this happened they were, obviously they were conf- confronted right away and then they were uh, pushed uh, back to their vehicles up in the upper park parking lot they never actually parked in uh, uh, the campground they were just parked up top right right at the beginning entrance where the offices are. 
And uh, we well, pushed, that's not uncommon. It happens it. every year that locals end up coming down here and stealing stuff or vandalizing stuff or something like that. And I, I, I think there was some, they, they were really well organized. Actually, uh, there was like a little it was like a little gang. Uh, they had a hierarchy. They had uh, their little henchmen. You know what and, we could do? Yeah, mm. we we could have police patrolling. And call them pork rangers, and they can take care of this sort of thing, and they, they can keep it all under control. Well, they did. I look. I didn't sign up as a pork ranger, but you know, as a principal person, when I see something like that, I'm going to confront it. You know, like. Well, what we're talking about now is preventing it, right? Right. And By it, not allowing these people in in the first place, and to do that, you're going to need a security force. You're going to need cops. Well, look, we can self police, right? No, you're going to need a bouncer, which look. is a cop. Yeah, but it, look, well, there's a different. The, well, there's a big difference between having a, a bunch of uh, pork rangers uh, driving around inspecting people's vehicles and having a dude at the entrance being yeah, like, "No, it's not like." Are that. you supposed to be here? And, and but uh, and the fact that you know most of the people here are either open carrying or have guns or some sort of you know protection that you know we are self policing, right? And it just seems like the pork rangers were kind of like the front line to to deal with confrontation, and so. And we want to enjoy camping, right? We want to enjoy uh, being here. But the pork rangers were the ones that would take the that bad energy and try to, you know, uh, mitigate it and, and and settle it down, or you know, eventually even kick them out because they obviously try to steal money is not a good thing, right? So right. Uh, but you know, th- this well, brings when up the someone bigger does something that you know violates the non-aggression principle in such an obvious and clear way, that's fine. But requiring them to agree to it offhand before even entering the park seems to me a bit out of control. I sure, mean, yeah, I did read the, uh, the pork ranger is, rules and that sort of thing, and I, I, I that sort of thing is why Fork Fest came to exist in the first place. Mm-hmm. I kind of laughed at those rules for a minute, and uh, I tell you what, like I was, I had okay, so the the rules were kind of uh, ridiculous. I laughed at them, and uh, so. You know, well, they I, tend to be right. Yeah, but I mean, give me an example. What what were the rules they had in place? Uh, well, some of the rules they were saying is like you you know if you're taking anything, uh, you know, anything that might be mind altering or anything like that, or um, you know maybe alcohol that sort of thing, is that you're not supposed to open carry. You're not supposed to have your gun on you. Um, sure. So I mean, that's required by law. Oh, yes, of course. But, I mean, mind-altering also includes, you know, caffeine and nicotine and a right. wide range of things that aren't eliminated by law. Right. And this is something that you basically run into any time that you try to codify human behavior and say, these are the actions that you must not perform instead of going with, these are the principles, and as long as, you're, as, long as your behavior is inside these principles, you're fine. I think the whole reason that Christopher Cantwell got banned in the first place was that he got drunk and tried to run someone over or something like that. Uh, Matt's nodding. Is, is That's correct. Yeah. Well, he deserved to be banned at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you yeah. can't get drunk and try to run people over. Right. But as far as I'm aware, there have only been two people who have been banned by the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Three, um, Matt says. I know one is Ian Freeman. One is Christopher Cantwell. I don't know who the other is. Apparently, it was someone who was doing inappropriate things with kids, which is understandable. I mean, I, like, uh, which like two out of three of those—that's a violation of the non-aggression principle, right, right there. Actually, someone um, that I, I personally knew uh, was, you know, trying to take clothes off someone uh, and touch someone else in, inappropriately, and I—I I made the effort to go to the pork rangers to to let them know about this, and they gave him one last warning. Uh, thankfully, he mo- he left the next day, um, and I certainly didn't want, uh, you know this kind of behavior around my uh, me or in my friends so this is sure. you know he had to go 
Well, disassociation uh, is a is an effective tactic. I mean, there there's posters all over the campground of the of an FBI agent's face saying, "Hey, this person is here." Allegedly, I don't know. I don't, everyone keeps asking me, "Do you recognize this person, dude?" I don't know. There were like sixty cops at my house that day, right? right and yeah, he could yeah. have been at any one of these well, seventeen properties that and were hit. What, and what's the chance that they're going to send their undercover guy to your house when they raid you? Also, a valid point. But evidently, someone saw him. And was like, "Hey, I, I recognize him. that guy," and that that's a good method of disassociation. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, everyone, don't have anything to do with this guy. Mm-hmm. But you know, that doesn't always work because some people do simply act in bad faith. More coming up from Fort Fest. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, coming at you from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. And we've been discussing something that actually circles back to something you and I discussed the other daily, which is that there are very, very few libertarians who I would actually trust to have any level of power of authority whatsoever. Like Job was just telling us about this meeting where people were discussing Rogers Campground and one of the various, they don't even have the power yet, but they're mm. already planning on ways that they can use this power to shape the festival into being exactly what no, they want it to be. No, I think you're, uh, you're missing what I was saying is that, like, you know, uh, look, we, you should have assimilation, right? Like if you move into a new place that you, you don't want to, you know, piss off the, the, the people that are already there. And that's kind of a thing. Like, you should be able to have some sort of, uh, um, what do you call it, um, process. Some sort of... Citizenship requirement, no, for no. example. No, look, this is to, to join already a private venue. Fork hold Fest on, Society, on. you so, must be a Fork Fest citizen. Please sign this sheet of paper this is and file away on. your $25 so, like, if registration you are, fee. If you are stealing people's money and running people over, or really even coming close to running people over, I am very happy with the idea of making sure that those people don't come back. I am also fine with that. What okay. I'm not fine with is gatekeeping and requiring things from everyone to come in mm. until they've shown that you know they are bad actors or incapable of abiding the non-aggression principle right, allow right. them to come and allow them to stay. Well, the, yeah. this is still a private venue and it will still be a private venue. Right. So, it's like... But Crosby do want... doesn't require anyone to sign any kind of BS about how they will or won't do this or that. No, um, I understand. Well... If you, uh, that depends on there, whether you're visiting or uh, staying. And there is a set they of rules. Have, uh, they do have rules for uh, for if you're getting a you know a tent or an RV spot. Like you have to agree to the rules. I've agreed to nothing. Hmm. Well, you know, and I don't recall ever agreeing to signing anything saying I will or won't do this in any of the years I that, that I've come here. Part of the here. reservation process. Look, I I don't I don't have a site. I don't I didn't uh, get a ticket for Pork Fest. I didn't uh, buy a site. Uh, but I somehow rec- uh, acquired a sticker and it ended up in my car. Okay, that's literally I'm literally forking the whole thing, uh, and I've been at Fork Fest this whole time. But well, they, they don't really care about the stickers on people's vehicles, right? I mean, they they, right. they don't care how many people or vehicles are at a site. That's not their concern, right? Mm-hmm. They just want to make sure that you know you're here at a site that has been paid for, right? Right. So to them, those really don't matter. But like you know. Y- you mentioned these people who violate the non-aggression principle. Sure, 
throw them out and tell them they can't come back. That, and, and, that's totally and, fine with me. And I like the idea of having something in place where you make sure that those people don't come back. So, like, having a bouncer that, like, has... Uh, also you know, known as a, a security of, guard. Yeah, sure. Having a security guard at the front that, like, has a picture of, like, yeah, last year these people came in and tried to steal a bunch of money. Yep. I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. Well, I got I got in I re- theory I am, but I've also seen how that plays out. That's mm. that's why the pork rangers came into existence in the first place, and then just a few short years later, they were searching people's vehicles. Mm. You know, I I did power record, corrupts. I recorded the whole situation, so I got them saying each other's names, and I'm sure a little bit of research on Facebook, I can probably find them all. And uh, and then at that point, uh, when I identify them by their face on their Facebook. Because uh, you're an idiot, you're on Facebook. I'm sorry, not you're not you, Aria. You're just the only thing platform you're allowed to use. So don't don't take offense to that. But like, I just think that you know it's going to be easy to figure these people out. Sure, right? And then we can put them on a list, and then you know we can prevent them coming in and causing yes, trouble but that, again. But that's after they've already done something that violated the non-aggression principle. That's right. fundamentally yes, yes. different from saying you can't come here unless you formally agree to abide by the non-aggression principle. It seems to me reasonable to just assume that people aren't going to come here and be aggressive because that's ninety nine point ninety nine percent of all the people who attended. Yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you there. Uh, it's it's sort of that innocent until uh, proven guilty kind of thing. Like sure. you you haven't. We're not doing pre crime here, guys. So and certainly not all those kids were were causing the problem, but they were all back in the problem. So are they just as much guilty? I don't know. So prior to the discussion of all of that, you said there was a meeting about actually buying Rogers Campground, and yes. they're actually putting together a plan to make that happen. I, I still want to express some trepidation about the the already lustful gaze upon the power they may be able to wield. It concerns me a little bit, considering they don't even have the power yet. But it's true. Someone does need to figure out some sort of way to buy Rogers Campground. Yes. Yes, they they are planning uh, on building uh, through a blockchain to get these things, these values set up, and to uh, so they're going to yeah. try to do like Quillcoin, like Quillco.in, which is where they're you know, hey, buy this cryptocurrency, and in so doing, you can you're donating to the buying Rogers Campground Fund, that sort of thing. Um, I don't I don't want to speak on that. I don't know exactly on how that's all going to come down, but um, there are other people you could probably talk to about that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, what their main plan right now is to raise the funds. And, you know, they were, they were talking about some guy that was rumoring that he was going to buy the place and just, like, let it, uh, hand it over and, and get it uh, to where it needs to be, where we can always be here. So, um, Well, you can always be here as it is. Well, yeah. I mean, we do have people who live here at Rogers Campground. But now. we're t- depending well, on... Well, uh, unless this ends up uh, in the hands of someone who doesn't want us here. Well, even then, I mean... We, we talked about this previously. I just don't think that's likely. Mm. I mean, if you can bring in 3,000 people who are willing to pay for sites or pay for a day pass or whatever, why would you turn that festival away? I think it's... Uh, Money also, talks. The festival mm. is one thing, but I think it's beyond that, too, is like people want to live here all year. So this is a thing... I think it's a very small number of people who want to live here. Well, that's... Well, that's... That may be true, but there's a lot of people already buying uh, the the homes here and... Uh, you know, season homes. 
Yeah, that, that, and that's one of those things that until we have that available, we won't be able to see what the demand in that market is. But they're, they're already available. If someone wants to buy one of these seasonal, oh, they, seasonal homes, they can do that. Well, well there's seasonal, available. exactly, is the point there. And we can change that from seasonal to all year. Uh, I think there are legal reasons that it's not all year. Right, right. Oh, okay. But that's the thing is, like, if uh, if this place becomes, like, a living, uh, working play like a, a business uh they would consider using uh portions of the land for raising animals farming so this will it may shrink the size of what the festival might be uh but you're gonna have uh we must kill fork fest in order to save fork fest <laughs> we must shrink the size of the festival to save well, the I, festival. and I think that's completely unnecessary because, like, there's a, a whole I would, I there's mean, a whole chunk of land that's we're attached to about, this. That's right. This is I mean, now we're talking about acres. homesteading and raising cows and chickens and stuff. Can someone just buy the freaking campground? Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, well, but and 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 you brought up a really good point, and I want to see how uh, how that uh, quill coin thing goes. Uh, see exactly uh, where the where the upsides are, where the downsides are, because I think that might be the right way to approach this to have uh, what is essentially like shares in this investment that we keep track of uh, through this that you you donated toward this purpose and yeah anyway and then would there be voting like or we're going to determine whether or not we're going to these turn were, this these were things this that were discussed these were things that were discussed well, and and now and now you're getting into into one of the problems of if this is bought by more than one person whereas if if one person can manage to buy this thing then we know exactly what happens well, what they were, that person wants they were talking about unanimous decisions too so mm. interesting it's going to be interesting to see how all of this develops more coming up it's free talk live Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. It's Free Talk Live with Aria and Lee from ForkFest 2021. ForkFest 5, in fact, celebrating again the, the successful decentralization of the Porcupine Freedom Festival from being this, this tyrannical controlling thing that it was just three or four years ago into being this open, kind, welcoming festival that just sort of happened down there at the bottom of the hill. It has just been absolutely beautiful to see. And it occurs to me as we've been sitting here talking about these things that I I probably sound to listeners like I have really extreme trust issues. And that's true. I'm not <laughs> going to deny it. Whether you're a libertarian or a communist or a politician or whatever, I don't trust you to have any power over me. The number of people who I do trust to be authoritative in one area of, or, of my life or another is extremely low. Mm-hmm. To the tune that the only person who I would trust to actually buy this campground and run it in a libertarian way, which 
ideally would not involve allowing, you know, requiring people to abide by this principle or sign that sheet of paper or whatever, would be someone like Mark Edge or Ian Freeman or Ron Paul. That that's the level to which I distrust people. It's like mm-hmm. you know, maybe those three people. And not very many others, because I've seen what libertarians do when they have power. No matter how principled they are, Porkfest ended up the way it was because of libertarians. Mm -hmm. So no matter how principled they were, they still ended up with pork rangers that were searching vehicles and and, and whining about not having jurisdiction over Porkfest. Yeah, we, we tend not to treat power like the drug that it is. And it is. It is a highly addictive and highly destructive drug. It is. And I approach any libertarian who wants power with a certain degree of trepidation, more so when they don't even have that power yet, and they're already conceiving all of these grand ways in which they can use that power. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, we can homestead this part of the property, and then we, we the festival will be smaller, sure, but isn't the point of this to buy the property so that we can ensure the continuation of the festival right isn't that what it's about i i I have no interest in creating a liberty a year-round libertarian society here at rogers campground to to me that's not you're not going to have very many buyers if that's your sales pitch well i mean i i think the reason he brings that up is partly just so that it's uh a a greater payoff to the investment because it is a very sizable investment it is but one week among libertarians is not that big a deal, but if you start interacting with libertarians day to day, they will drive you nuts. There is no one I know half as annoying as miscellaneous other libertarians. Mm. Okay, I was going to say, miscellaneous, yeah, miscellaneous ones, sure, I'll I mean, give you that one. Th- there are plenty of libertarians that I don't that I love associating with you know, daily, but there are also many that I'm like, God, I'm glad I only have to see you once a year. <laughs> So th- That's fair. And I, I imagine we would run into exactly that if, if they could some – and, th- you know, 2,000 libertarians living here is such an, such an amazingly huge number that it, it suggests to me the people who are putting this together have no idea of the actual level of perspective they should have. You're not getting 200 libertarians to move here, much less 2,000. Mm. You're not going to come anywhere near the 2,000 number, and I don't think you're going to get past 20. Well, I think that's impossible to tell from where we're at right now, because, I mean, the uh, libertarianism, I think, is uh, is at the beginning of an explosion as a as an idea, as something that people are aware of and care about. It, It certainly is. But the infrastructure here doesn't support you. You have to be able to live a very rustic life. To just to stay here for two weeks out of the year, mm. to stay here for three seasons is like, yeah, no, dude. I, I like my thirty-minute-long showers more than that. I like my high-speed internet more than that. I like my ability to make a cell phone call a little bit more than that. Any shower at all is good. <laughs> Well, yeah. and, and it's very difficult to gauge what we will be able to do and what we will be able to sell because, I mean, as we've been talking about, the, the current ownership of this place is just not especially interested in, in updating the infrastructure, in finding out what you can do with this property, sure. but is, you know, kind of uh, divesting from it. So That's why I think a better approach would be to buy the place. I mean, that, that's got to be square one, right? And then improve the infrastructure, and then maybe then you can talk about having people here year-round or whatever, but at the moment, 
no, it, it can't be done, and it's not going to happen. And I'm not going to sink money into a project that is going, we're going to buy the place, and people are going to move here. No, they're not. Yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> Definitely not worth I mean, buying. You, um, it would be worth buying as a business proposition, I think, for one individual or a small group, but only to get more events here to make money and right. you know to ensure the continuation of ForkFest and ForkFest. To me, that has to be the goal, and I don't think it's very likely that any new owners would be like, "No, we we're, we're no longer welcoming you here at the at Rogers Campground because uh, you're allowed and you you do this and you do that." I was like, "Okay, I mean, yes, we have a festival here, and festivals tend to be loud, but you're not going to find any festival that cleans up behind itself half as well as Fork Fest and That's the Porcupine true. Freedom Festival." It's basically just a lot of money coming in and probably very low levels of actually required work among mm. the staff relative to the number of people that are here. Right. right? We're not a tight. Th- there's been an electrical outlet up there at the RV site next to us that's been broken pretty much since the second day here. No one's complained about it. No one cares. You're not going to get that with your average person. That's true. But you do get that at a libertarian festival. I mean, if they needed the electricity, that would be one thing. But if it's just there and they're just like, yeah, we, we, we don't care. People are sharing their electric boxes because a lot of them are broken. Really? I haven't yeah. seen that. And, that. and that is one of those things with a festival is most festivals, when they end, like, you, the, you know, the people move out and it's just, it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Like, there's just trash everywhere and broken stuff that people didn't feel the need to drive back with them. And, yeah, we, we just don't operate that way. No, we, we certainly don't. And, you know, all, all of the trash here is like cigarette butts and stuff like that getting thrown into the fire pit on the last day. I'm just going to toss a log in there and get rid of all of it because mm-hmm. it's all flammable and destroyable. Everything else gets thrown away into trash. One of the issues I had last year was so many people bumming cigarettes off of me and then just flicking the cigarette when they were done with it. It's like, hey, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> Go pick that up and dispose of it in a fire pit or in a trash can or something, or you're not getting another cigarette from me. Last year it was so that bad that by the end of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, I required people to tell me in person that they were going to dispose of the cigarette butt properly before I would give them one. Right. And this was among libertarians, so that level, that's the level of cleaning up after ourselves we're talking about. Right. It's not just, oh, there's some trash there. I'm just going to leave it. A libertarian is just innately going to pick it up and throw it away. Right. But at the end of the day, we do all have a sort of sense of responsibility responsibility for the sites that we're, that we're renting from Rogers Campground. And we want to keep them clean because we want to be welcome back the following year. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the case here. I don't see... Any possibility of new owners coming into the place and be like, hey, those those people who pay us to do this thing and who clean up behind themselves and who are minimal fuss, we don't want them here anymore. Well, that is assuming that they that they know that though. And if you move into like if you buy this property for you know whatever you know, purposes you have, and then you don't actually see us do one of these, then you're probably going to expect that we act like every other festival and just leave it an absolute wreck. It, you know, it's. I, I'm always, you know, thinking about it. Like, and this is one of the reasons why I don't really worry about if somebody buys Rogers Campground. Rogers Campground, at least as it is, is not going to survive under new ownership without this event. It yes, just I isn't. mean, there's no doubt. Yeah. Right. So they're like, you know, we're worrying about. Oh, well, what what happens if new people come in and they don't want us? They go under, you know. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm pretty confident that no matter who buys it, we're going to be able to continue this event. 
I would agree. My Fair my point. only concern with it is that I prefer a ownership that is very light handed and be, takes a very light nice. approach in the same way yep. that Crosby does. But we're not guaranteed that with new owners. True. And even if even if they're libertarians, they may not take things with the light hearted approach that Crosby does. That's true. But you know, one way or the other, Fork Fest will continue happening, and you're, oh, yeah. it is happening until July the fourth this year. So come down, check it out. There's a beautiful fireworks show on July the third. Get down here; it's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live from Fort Fest 5 2021 here at Rogers Campground. You can find out more about that at ForkFest.party. We're here until July the 5th. Well, July the 4th is technically the end. I mean, it remains to be seen whether or not I'm going to try to pack up and leave early Sunday morning or just pack up and then stay another night. Who who knows? I I don't know. So uh, why even speculate? But I want to say thank you to David. Yes. I'm already off to a good start. David R. Jeffries, who is tonight's amplifier. This means he's a member of the AMP program. Now, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's money that is used strictly to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live to get us on more radio stations to help reach a larger audience with our podcasts, our video streams, and all of that awesome stuff. We don't ask that people contribute more than $25 per month, which is what David R. Jeffries has done. He's a platinum-level amplifier. All we ask is $5 per month to join the AMP program. It comes with a number of cool little perks, like an AMP-only Facebook group, an AMP-only chat on the Matrix server, and even an AMP-only call-in line. So check it out if you value the ideas of liberty. AMP.freetalklive.com. That's AMP.freetalklive.com. And I want to say thank you also to Ashredo, who is a silver-level amplifier. That means... That, that, that's the $5 per month that we're talking about. I'm not clear whether or not Ashredo was actually shouted out last night, so I'm doing so now. Thank you to both Ashredo and David R. Jeffries. And I'm going to tell you, this is taking longer than I would like because, like, every few segments, I, I'm just constantly receiving text messages and emails and stuff like that that are related to the case against the Crypto 6 to some degree or the other. So it's like... They build up over the course of us recording two or three segments, and then I'm like, okay, I put this off long enough. There's some stuff here I need to deal with. This needs to go to my attorney. This needs to go to my supervisory officer. This needs to be texted to Ian. This needs to be screenshotted and sent to my lawyer, attorney, whatever. It's it's a very good way to get a headache at a festival <laughs> that isn't related to loud noise or anything like that. Like The level... I've... I hate not being able to speak in plain English, but of course that's how the law is. It's written by attorneys for attorneys to be argued by attorneys. Mm-hmm. And if you think libertarians are argumentative and prone to picking, what's the word I'm looking for? Nitpicking. Nitpicking is uh, a good word, but splitting banal, hairs. But now yes. no. that's what hairs. I was looking for. Yes, splitting hairs. Yeah, yeah. But libertarians have nothing on attorneys, man. Oh, no. Like, well, so like we do all of this order. for free. They, on the other hand, get paid <laughs> immense sums of money. And hey, the more they do it, the, hey, now I can advertise. Look what a great hair splitter I am. So there's some confusion. Uh, I, I assumed I would be able to make phone calls with Ian. That's not correct. According to the magistrate's order, I can text Ian. I can email Ian, and I can meet in person and have conversations with Ian, but 
phone calls are not allowed because wow. they weren't mentioned in the actual order itself. And I'm just banging my head <sighs> on would, the desk here. I like think. I understand. It, we, we did not specifically... Mean, okay, let's be okay, honest. Ian okay. and I don't what, talk on the phone a lot in the first wh- place. What if... What if I go and meet him, and while I'm in the room with him, I call him? Would that be a problem? I mean, that just sounds crazy, because if it says you can talk with him, it sounds like... And you can both, you're both allowed to use Well, we can phones, have in-person then- contact. We can have email contact, and we can have text messaging contact. And, and it's not because, you know, they're, they're worried we can do something over the phone that we can't do in person or via text so, or email or anything like that. It's because the order itself specifically does not say via phone call. So do you need to get permission in order to hug him, I wonder? No, Because they not. didn't say, they said email contact, they said text contact, they did not say physical contact. They did say in-person contact. Oh, that's... That- I mean, that, that was a Fair big enough. deal. It, it was required yeah. in-person contact. We have to be in physical proximity of each other in order to do Free Talk Live. Yeah, yeah. So it's all very confusing. Another one of those gray areas is, you know, Freer Talk Live, which is Free Talk Live, just not broadcast on national radio. It's mm-hmm. internet only, but it's still Free Talk Live. So is, is that allowed? Because we're planning to do a, a f- episode, an internet-only episode of Free Talk Live on July the 5th, and it is an internet-only episode of Free Talk Live. They used to be called the internet-only episode of Free Talk Live until someone coined the term freer talk live, which is just an allusion to the fact that I mean, it's, it's not limited by the it's, FCC. It's all part of Free Talk, what you do at Free Talk Live, so it should be... But it's com- not... It's, a, it's all the, the same business activity. But is it's, it the same... You, sir, do not think like a lawyer. Yes. Is it the same legal entity but that is Free Talk Live? But it's part of your job. Live? It's all part of it. Well, right? it's, so, well no, no. You are thinking for... like a human. <laughs> you are thinking like a human being, and that is but not what not, we're discussing You're here. not restricted to doing radio on Free Talk Live. You're, you're restricted but we're not to doing, doing radio. On Free Talk Live when right. we do the internet-only show. But when you fix something, which you're also allowed to do as part of your job for Free Talk Live, that's also included, well, right? The, so therefore, would yes, Free Talk Live You are overlooking the legal obsession with names. I mean, so... Yes, you, I don't think Chris is getting the complaint. I, I, I am getting it. I am getting it. But if it's part of Free Talk Live, what you do at Free Talk Live or for Free Talk Live, I would think it would be included. It is Free Talk Live, but we stopped calling it that. And started nicknaming it Freer Talk so Live. So go back but to, to calling it Free Talk Live. Problem solved. But to be fair, the more accurate way of describing it would be Free Talk Live colon Freer Talk Live. Right. That would be the most accurate way of characterizing it. That's just it's not all part of Free Talk Live. But, but Free Talk the, Live colon Freer Talk Live <laughs> comma semicolon the in, the internet only episode. But I got to remind you, Chris, it doesn't matter how you see it. It matters how the judge sees it. It matters yeah. how probation sees it. How yeah. you see it is irrelevant. Look, it's not, I see it the same way you see it. Yes, it's Free Talk show. Live. It's not a different show. It is, a, it is an after show of Free Talk Live. But it is still Free Talk Live. Right. right? It's all part of it. It's all part of the same I agree, but you're not thinking thing. like a lawyer, an attorney. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, you have <laughs> to remember that these are people who get more money by coming up with more irritating who little things to do that they have to right, do right, right. paperwork but for. Who determines what is Free Talk Live? It's you. It's it's you guys. You're the one who determines who what Free Talk Live is. I, I, how can the lawyers be the one to decide that? That's literally well, something. Well, that's what lawyers do in the United States. They're the ones who determine everything. <laughs> yeah, the it's, judge rules what is and is not. I suspect and what the definition of is is. I suspect it's all going to come down to how my attorney defined Free Talk Live in his initial motion to allow contact in the first place. Mm. Fair enough. And I don't know 
how he defined it without looking at it. And yeah. I don't have it pulled up right in front of me. But I do know for a fact that he, he pointed out that it is broadcast on the Internet as well as, you know, on 200 radio stations. But is it still legally Free Talk Live if it's not on those radio stations? I tend to think so. Was, because there, was there something in that, like, description that, like, meant it could only be if it was broadcast on, on I radio? don't know. I mean, I'm not an attorney. This is why I sent it to my attorney I mean, and said, hey, I need to know. When, when you go to do? courts, they, they still refer to video recording as tape recording. But if they're sure. doing that and they're not being clear... Well, you see... If La Cosa Nostra has given you permission to sling pot on this particular corner, you have to think to yourself, are they going to break my kneecaps if I also start selling papers? Which, they might. So it's unclear uh, at best. Um, it is open to the public and is available online at freetalklive.com and on approximately 200 affiliate radio stations. FTL, Free Talk Live, airs for three hours, seven nights a week. That might be uh, part of the issue there, is because this is airing for more than just the, the three hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, yes, but <laughs> attorneys Have you love... not dealt with the, with the law? No, 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 I know, I know, you're right, but... Oh. It does typically air three nights a week, but uh. not always. Some nights it does air for five hours. There was one episode and, and of not, Free Talk Live that went on for like nine hours. If you want to start wow. getting petty, you're not actually on seven nights a week. No, but Free Talk Live is. Right. Free Talk right. Live is. But then if you're on an after show, you're still not on for more than you but know, if he, But he seven defined Free three. Talk Live as a show that airs seven nights a week, three hours a night. That, that is how Free Talk Live was defined in the motion. It doesn't matter whether I'm there or not. It doesn't say, Arya is allowed to do Free Talk Live three hours so a day. So the description mm. is effectively wrong, mm. then, if that's the case. It is, but... The core show, that's true, but, but... But in all likelihood, if that's the case, he's going to have to file something to amend the definition of Free Talk Live, which uh, is going to... that be worth it. Free yeah, Talk Live like, is important. Uh, we, we forgot to include this subsidiary. That is a part of it. Or, it's not a subsidiary. Or maybe it's one of those, like, you'll just have to do Free Talk Live during the commercial breaks. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to play out, you know? It's, it's all very weird, and I've reached out to my attorney to ask him about that because... I don't. I don't know the answer here. Mm-hmm. It's it's all very confusing, and I'm look. I'm not the kind of person who should be arguing with federal magistrates <laughs> about what the word "is" means. Yeah. That's what my attorney is for, and he does a really good job at that. So, who knows? It's all very confusing. It's all very headache-inducing as well. Despite being here in nature surrounded by liberty lovers and just beautiful weather i have somehow managed to develop a severe headache dealing with attorneys and legalese and all of this nonsense tends to have that effect on even the most sane person in fact the more sane you are the more headache you will get more coming up it's free talk live When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. 
Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground at Fork Fest 2021 in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. There's still people coming and going. It's hard to predict how the festival is going to go, but you can help make it awesome by getting down here. We are here until July the 4th. Chris and I are now being joined by Chad. Uh, I assume this is your first pork fest then, right? It is, yes. It is. What did you think of it? Uh, it was awesome. The energy here was great. Um, it was uh, meeting a lot of like-minded people for once is really, really uh, a great thing. <laughs> and Chris says you're now planning to move or you're now considering moving to New Hampshire? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Now, I caution everyone, you know, that New Hampshire isn't the Porcupine Freedom Festival or Pork Fest or Fork Fest, whatever you want to call it. There are a lot of a lot of liberty loving people in New Hampshire, but it's not always just a party. And Pork Fest tends to be a party. Uh, plus, it's not always this warm. It's usually right. like where, where do you currently live? I live in Michigan, north of Detroit. Okay, so oh, that's cold. Yeah, you're used <laughs> yeah, to being yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be nicer here. <laughs> well, welcome to New Hampshire. How long have you been aware? I mean, what brought you out here this year versus other years? Well, I wasn't actually aware of Porkfest until uh, earlier this year. Um, okay. I, I did know about the Free State Project because I worked as a volunteer on the Ron Paul campaign in 2007 is when I first heard about it. Okay, so you've been in libertarian circles for quite a long time. Quite a long time, yeah. And But you didn't know about Porkfest? Not really. I, I knew about the Free State Project in general, but I wasn't following it super closely. I had a lot of stuff going on in Michigan, so it wasn't really in my uh, in my radar to like move up from Michigan. But Sure. Well, and this is one of the great things about Porkfest and, and Forkfest is that people get to come up and you know meet other like-minded people for the first time. And I mean a lot of people, not just a small... You know, a small group of people, a few people here and there at a political, you know, meeting or something like that. But they really get to interact and realize, hey, even even if you don't like one group of libertarians, there's another group of libertarians, and there's sure. somewhere that you fit in. Well, I I will say that the coming to the Fork Fest or the Porcupine Freedom Festival was, was definitely what sold me on moving to New Hampshire. Same I, here. I, I had never felt more welcome or invited in any community ever. As the very first time I came to Fort Fest, not even knowing people, and within a few days, within a few days, I was like, "Yep, this is where I want to be." And the next year, I came for the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and I stayed. The only thing that kept me was it, it took a month and a half to purchase a property. I put like the bid the first. I, I found a property, and like a month and a half later, I moved in. Uh, but it, because of the closing, it, it took about a month and a half to get to the closing date. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's different. This is a, right. this is an amazing place, and it's like the first time you've come to Pork Fest or Fork Fest. It, it just blows your mind. It does. Did did it blow your mind? Yeah, I'd say so. I didn't really know what to expect, to tell you the truth, but it was uh, it was it was better than I had I thought. I mean, it was great. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Yeah, you know, culminating sure in that uh, um, the burning of the porcupine. I mean, it was just amazing. The sense of community is really cool. And back home, pretty much any of the libertarians I know, I've converted okay. <laughs> myself. <laughs> well, that's so good. like, which which is okay. But I mean, I don't really, you know, 
there isn't too much of a, a community around my area. It's extremely liberal. And I mean, I'm, I'm more of a voluntarist than an actual like big L libertarian, but I, you know, uh, welcome, welcome to the club here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of the people who stayed for fork fest, which is the after party of the porcupine freedom festival are going to be closer to voluntarism than they are, you know, big L libertarianism. I'm sure there's still some classical liberals and Republican leaning, I mean, liberty leaning Republicans running around, but I think by and large, everyone here is going to be a volunteer. Yeah, what's the expression? Uh, six months in New Hampshire, you move as a libertarian, six months you're an anarchist or something like that. <laughs> well, they do call the Cheshire County region the land of pumpkins and anarchists, yeah. or whatever that's worth. <laughs> so what was it that made you aware of the Pork Fest Festival? Um, just, um, I guess, uh, it was just the internet. I don't remember specifically where, okay. but I mean, just, uh, cause I mean, I, I, you know, I, I read the news and stuff a lot. I, and, um, I, you know, on the internet, I'm all over kind of voluntarist and libertarian type stuff. So it just came up that there was a festival. I actually heard about it in winter that they actually had it during all the lockdowns last year. And I was very disappointed that I didn't realize because I couldn't do anything last year really in Michigan. And it would have been really nice to come out. So I bought my ticket back in like February, I want to say to come up here because I knew I wanted to uh, this year. We did indeed have it last year and there were a few people who actually wore masks. There, there weren't very many. I think there were like three. Like some college students who were here doing a paper and then uh, one ultra-liberal dude oh, who used wow. to be a libertarian. I, you know, I thought, I thought it was a few libertarians that were wearing masks because there are at least a few libertarians wearing masks but I kind of half expected them not to show up to this event because there are so many people yeah, here. Like the Jackie Perry types that are all, all about eh, the COVID-19. I, not that crazy, but yeah. <laughs> I well, haven't seen one this year. No, I have not seen. The only one I saw was when someone put the one on to do one of the rants at... On Saturday night, and oh. their mask and their rant was about masks. Although, I, I wanted to dock them points because it honestly did make it harder to understand what they were saying because they had a freaking piece of cloth over their face. <laughs> we we do have a few libertarians that are definitely libertarian, like um, Dave Ridley, um, who who will wear a mask at least if he's inside. So, but outside he doesn't wear. A Is mask. that by choice or because by choice? By okay. choice. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm certainly not against masks, you know. I, I think that if they were worn properly and people washed their hands correctly, they probably would help. I'm against mandates. Yeah, I, I, well, that's exactly what I was about to say. Um, I, I wore a mask for a little while, you know, very early on, just in case. And, you know, I've never been anti-mask, but I have been anti uh, anti-government mandating masks. Well, we had it easy here in New Hampshire. Things weren't as easy in Michigan, from what I've heard. No, no, definitely not. Um, we've had mask mandates for a long time, and uh, the state isn't still fully opened up till July 1st. Wow. Really? Um, so we're still on, like... Um, uh, we have restrictions for capacity and buildings and stuff like that still. It is open more than it was, where you're just not allowed to do anything. I had... Being a restaurant owner, I, I know other restaurant owners in the area, and we kind of had some speakeasies going on so we could still socialize where it was just coming through the kitchen, you know, in okay. the back door awesome. so we can actually hang out and socialize and not go insane sitting in our house. So yeah, We threw an awesome party on New Year's Eve that had something close to 100 or so people at it out on the main highway, too, and it was it was quite a good time. Awesome. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. was in the midst of, you know, the mask mandates and all that, and we it's, just flaunted our refusal to obey. It's, it's interesting. But it's New Hampshire, so that's kind of... 
there's been two things in like the last 10 years that we've seen a, an increase in like people moving to New Hampshire over. One of them has been the masks and COVID-19 and the government's reaction to it. And the other... But Sununu's reaction was almost as bad as any other governor's. It was, but the difference is that in New Hampshire, we're making progress and people understand that coming together can change things and if we're all spread out it it doesn't change sure some states are better on masks but they're not better on other things like firearms or they're not better on you know things like weed or whatever you often get you don't get that mix where everything is free we're working to total freedom as opposed to you know freedom on one area or but not another area you know what i mean well we have something like 200 representatives in the new hampshire state house now so hopefully we will we will actually at some point see some pushback against sununu yeah absolutely Oh, I would, you're up to 200 now? No, I didn't no, even it's, realize that. It's, it's, it's 80 libertarians, uh, solid libertarians as representatives. I'm talking uh, about the New Hampshire Liberty Caucus. It's something like 200 Oh, I'm sorry. Members. Okay. I, I, didn't mean, well, I don't think we have any registered libertarians in the state house, but no, we certainly but have plenty in the Liberty Caucus, do, and a lot of those... We do have uh, people who signed the Free State Project uh, statement of intent and moved to New Hampshire who are representatives. There's 30 of those this year. It was up, It's up from 20 and there's about 80 libertarians total. So basically uh, people who moved but didn't sign the, the statement of intent because they moved for the greater migration or there are people who lived here already who were libertarian and have gotten more active as a result of people See, I prefer here. the way I say it because it, it took a lot less time to just <laughs> say we have something like 200 libertarians in the state house and as far as I'm aware that's an accurate statement. I've heard eighty, but two hundred. If we had two hundred, that's half. We should have almost. We should almost be in control of the state at that point. Well, have you not seen the the budget and the freakouts that you know happened as a result of the budget that Republicans in the House put forward? I guess not. I mean, there's, well, they're calling there's, it the most so, extreme budget in New Hampshire history. There's, there it's are all about public school systems and things like that. I, there are I some, think you probably just haven't looked into it since the last election. There are some Republicans and Democrats that might lean libertarian, but they're not. Well, I'm not saying they're registered libertarians. We don't have any that are registered but libertarians. But that's because the state doesn't allow it, effectively. Not anymore. Well, Chad, thank you so much for joining us. If you make the decision to move, keep in touch. Um, we're always going to be here every single year. Be sure to come back next year. It's Free Talk Live. Thank you. It's Free Talk Live from ForkFest 2021. You're more than welcome to join us. We're going to be here until July the 4th. June the 28th through July the 4th. Those are the dates for Fork Fest 2021. Uh, well, things are great here at Rogers Campground. It's it's almost idyllic, one might say, but that's not true elsewhere. Evidently, Joe Biden. You know, I've been arguing for years that if if the powers that be want gun control, then they put a pres- they put a Republican into the Oval Office. If they want war, they put a Democrat there. This has sort of changed with the Biden administration because he's evidently talking about, you know, dropping nukes on on American citizens or something. I haven't heard that exact thing, but we've been here at ForkFest, so we haven't been watching the news. But those are the things making the rounds in libertarian social media is stuff about, you know, it's weird that Biden has now twice mentioned dropping nukes on American citizens. Well, if he's going to do it. Uh, this is a great time to do it because we're not in the populated areas. And I presume he's talking about doing it in populated areas. Well, 
I don't know that there's ever a good time to drop a nuke. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> I mean, certainly they could have taken out a lot, of, a lot of libertarians if they had hit Rogers Campground. But I, I, I don't think there's a realistic chance of Joe Biden dropping nukes. I think he's just Joe Biden. He's old and senile, and he runs off at the mouth. I think that's really what's going on here. But he he does cause other problems. U.S. military action against three facilities along the Iraq-Syria border resulted in a number of deaths. And that's what I've always argued. You know, if, if the powers that be want an expansion of war, they're going to elect a Democrat. And this is what we this is what surprised me so much about the Trump administration is that it's it's horrifying to even think, but the reality is that Trump was the most peaceful president we've ever had, and he gladly. As long as you were a Mexican immigrant, I'm talking in matters of war. Fair enough, right? Not not immigration. I mean, but he he wasn't really any worse or better than Joe Biden or Barack Obama regarding administration. And look, I hate saying anything positive about Donald Trump, but. He didn't start any new wars. This is true. And that alone, that shouldn't be the minimum bar on being the peaceful president. Yep. But we are in a state where it is. I'm not pro-Trump, but I say he does deserve some credit for that. For, for that alone. I mean, he yeah. didn't close Gitmo. He didn't pardon Ross Ulbricht. He didn't pardon Julian Assange. He didn't do a lot of the things that, you know, a libertarian would have done because Donald Trump wasn't a libertarian. But he did... And he didn't withdraw from Iraq. He made, he made a great big, big statement about wanting to withdraw from Iraq. But, of course, the United States still has troops in Iraq. And now they're expanding their operations. President, President Joe Biden directed attacks against three militia facilities used by several Iran-backed groups engaged in unmanned aerial vehicle attacks against U.S. personnel and facilities in Iraq. The ones that, you know, Donald Trump supposedly withdrew were attacked by these Iran, these supposed Iran-backed groups because Joe Biden is going to create a war with Iran because that's what Democrats do. These strikes took place at approximately 6 p.m. yesterday. Uh, that would be Sunday. The action, which Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby described as defensive, killed between four and seven militiamen. Now, isn't it amazing that the United States military could attack three facilities and then somehow call it a defensive action. I don't think they know what the word defensive means, but th that's obvious because Americans don't have a military budget. They have a, quote, defense budget. <laughs> but how do you... They characterize these as attacks. President Joe Biden directed attacks. And then they go, but they're defensive. Now, the last how, I how? checked... There's nobody invading the United States. How can you be a defensive move? Well, they, they said that they attacked uh, U.S. personnel and facilities in Iraq. Yeah, but we shouldn't be there in the first place. It's not our territory. We don't own that land. It's not, our, it's not within our jurisdiction. I agree entirely, but what concerns me more is how anyone is allowing them to characterize an attack as a defensive action when the the words are almost antonyms it might be if there's an invading force but they weren't invading it's well, their then land then it's not an attack it's a defense it's like we you don't attack a defending force i mean an, an invading force you defend against them fair enough two iraqi militia officials told the associated press that the first strike against a weapons storage facility killed four militiamen 
But British Britain-based group, the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, reported the number was at least seven. So they, they don't even know how many people they killed because they just started chucking rockets at people and seeing what happened. A U.S. defense official with knowledge of the strikes told Fox News that he did not expect a lot of casualties because of the time of the strikes. It makes me wonder, it was, was the point of this just to blow up some stuff to justify the the building contractors that well, are in Iraq? They've got expiration dates on those missiles, you know, so they have to use them before they go mm, bad. Good and point. They, this is their excuse. And, and now they use, used up some missiles that were going to go bad, and now they get to pay Lockheed Martin to build them some new ones. Yep. It's all about the profit, man. And the defense budget just gets ever larger. At least one facility, quote, used by Iran's militia forces to launch and recover drones was destroyed. Recent strikes by the crew drones have targeted Americans in Baghdad and Erbil in northern Iraq, places that Americans shouldn't be unless they're visiting in the first place. I mean, we certainly shouldn't have a military presence there. And there are still people on the Internet who think, who believe to this day that President Obama withdrew troops from Iraq or he ended the war in Iraq. <laughs> There are still Democrats who believe that, even though Trump then came along and said, we're going to withdraw the troops from Iraq. And now we have Republicans who believe that we no longer have troops in Iraq. It's amazing. This war has lasted 18 freaking years. The people now old enough to join the military were born after this war started. And that's horrifying. And remind me, why did we get into Iraq in the first place? Well, they said... That Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. And were any weapons of mass destruction ever found? Of course not! Because there so never were any! You're telling me the government lied to me? They, they lied and they have perpetuated a lie you. since in order to that justify... Can't be. My government wouldn't lie to me. Well, why, why did they invade Afghanistan? They, they knew Osama bin Laden wasn't there, but yet they did. And 20 years later, there are still American True. soldiers shooting at people in the desert of Afghanistan. Why? And nothing says privilege more. You know, liberals love talking about how privileged people are. Nothing is more privileged than having a presidential election come and go in the midst of a war that has lasted for 20 years and it not even be brought up once in any of the presidential debates. I'm still amazed. You know, they, they kill 2,000 of our uh, people effectively and we go in and bomb them and millions die. Is that... You know, is that really the best approach? It Well, certainly not, because that's how you create more terrorists, right? You you bomb a kid's, you, you, you kill a you kid's a father, or you bomb yeah. a wedding, or yeah. a Doctors Without Borders hospital, well, and it children. tends to make other people angry. It One might even say it radicalizes them to take vengeance in the same way that the United States decided the best way to take vengeance for 9-11 was to invade Afghanistan and Iraq, two countries that by and large didn't have anything to do with it, while Pakistan... Who, who funded a large part of the operation remains untouched. And in fact, that, that was where Osama bin Laden happened to be. Yeah. But of course, there, there's no war with Pakistan. Not that I want a war with Pakistan, but it would have made, at least made more sense. Definitely. More coming up from the peaceful land of Rogers Campground. This is Free Talk Live.
The Terran Federation and the Terran League have been killing each other for decades. Sheltered, wealthy, and light years from the threat, the members of the 500 have no interest in changing that. When Rear Admiral Terrence Murphy is given governorship of a backwater system, a risk-free path to wealth and power is his for the taking. But Murphy is a man of honor, duty, and responsibility. He intends to stop the killing, whatever the cost. Governor by David Weber and Richard Fox from BaneBooks.com. Well, a broken clock is right twice a day, and the weather people finally got it right. It did, in fact, rain today, but it's already starting to taper off a bit because that's what it does here at Rogers Campground. It rains like hell for like four minutes. And then it's, then the sun comes back out, and it's a beautiful day again. It's a beautiful day right now, though. This is a, this is the most comfortable temperature I have felt in the in the eight days that I've been here. Hmm. Right now, it feels absolutely wonderful. Now, I forget entirely what we were going to discuss. I had a topic in my head and everything, and then it started raining. The squall opened up, and it started pouring. So, I don't know. I'm joined now by Lee, and we're still here at the campground. It's it's still an amazing festival, and there, there's still people to talk to, and you know, people are out there uh, arranging that for me because I'm not really the extroverted type to go out there. I think it'll be easier next year for me to do that, not because I'll be more extroverted or anything like that, just because you know people will know me and recognize me as, hey, you're the Free Talk Live person. Right. So, but I mean, that's not the case now. Like Mark was able to do this by running around in a freaking king costume, and you know. He wasn't very successful. He, I, I've been about as successful as Mark was with tracing down people for interviews. And I tend to think that's because Mark was, you know, running around in a crown dressed like crown. a king. Yes. It, it is the crown. It, it brings the power. Or at least the, what the heck is that guy doing? I don't know, man. I got to tell you, if I didn't know who he was and he came up to me dressed like that and went, want to be on my radio show? I would have been like, okay, you're a lunatic. No, thank you. Probably don't even have a radio show. It's just going to be you talking into a microphone in a public bathroom somewhere, calling it live radio or whatever. I mean, but, but I mean, hey, it was. I think you're unaccustomed to the idea of mascots. <laughs> well, it's just good branding. Well, that may be, but, you know, there, there's still a lot of people to talk to, still a lot of people to hang out with, and more are coming, more are expected. Um, Bob, a friend of the show, actually just arrived, and that's where Chris ran off to. It, ah. It's curious that, that you know he chose not to come to any of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I don't know if that's because he had other stuff to be doing or whatever. I mean, there's thousands of things that I could and probably should be doing right now, but hmm. Free Talk Live is more important to me than those things, so here I am. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't get why people uh, go to just ForkFest and not ForkFest, but it does happen. It does. I, I get it. Uh, the environment, it, the the social structure of it is very, very different. Like, mm. the Porcupine Freedom Festival is very family-friendly. Every single day of the week, you've seen nothing but just kids running around, at, the, at a lot of them at the park, or just coming and going. There are significantly fewer children here today, and that's because ForkFest is, by and large, a party. Right. I mean, we work here. And vendors work here, but most people don't. There's well, no, I'm going to have to push back on you there. Like uh, everyone has a side hustle here. I mean, so I guess that's that's partially true, but 
I, I don't mean, know about everyone. Well, uh, it's it's hyperbole, sure, but I mean, there are just so many people that will, you know, sell some food, sell some beads, sell a T-shirt, sell, uh, you know, just any kind of a thing. Which I mean, festivals are expensive, fun but expensive, and you actually get a chance to recoup some of the cost that uh, of being here if you've got a side hustle. That's true, and that was one of the things I learned my first year here is that if you're not doing anything to earn money, you are just bleeding money. Mm-hmm. And th- there are plenty of ways to mitigate that. Uh, one person, uh, a lot of kids in particular, uh, pro- prevented their own bleeding of money because someone was you know, providing them with pamphlets and maps and schedules and stuff like Thank that. Thank you, hey, Mo. Yeah, run around and sell these. And the kids got to keep all the money, and it was great. And even though I had no need whatsoever, I mean, they would approach me and be like, hey, would you like to buy a free schedule for a dollar? People would do it. <laughs> because yeah, it's I- a kid and it's a dollar, and why not? Here, here's a dollar. Well, and I thought that was just a brilliant way to get kids used to uh, the idea of market forces. Because, like, okay, what do you charge for it? Whatever you want. And if you charge $5 for it, you know, you might sell one. But are you going to miss out on more than five sales from charging five times what the people around you are? So the I never thought about that. The kids could charge whatever they wanted, couldn't they? Uh, yes. I, I mean, most of them went for a dollar, and that was yeah, smart. That, that that seemed to be the market price, and yeah, I mean, even the market price for a free schedule, right? That. But I mean, it was because well, they were kids. If an adult tried that, they probably wouldn't. Well, and be as so that's successful. the thing. So uh, of a part of this being decentralized uh, to the degree that that even Porkfest itself was. Porkfest did nothing to build this schedule. That was uh, that was Mo's idea entirely. He's the one that like got the information together, got the the format, got the layout, did the printing, all of that, uh, as just a, a a good faith and goodwill service to the children to say, hey, this is what market forces are like. Did Porkfest even use the Whova app this year? Nope. I mean, they normally promote that. Pre- they didn't even that use it. That was the name of it. Yeah. No, they 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 didn't use it at all. That's a interesting change. I didn't think about it until right now. Of course, last year, Forkfest used Eventify, mm-hmm. but the customer service rep with whom I was dealing last year became difficult to reach, mm-hmm. so I didn't look into this year. Plus, um, I mean, with the with everything that happened with the Crypto 6, it isn't as feasible currently for me to throw $600 at this fun software for me to mess with and right. not really do anything actually productive with, mm-hmm. so I didn't pursue it, but... Maybe it'll be worth talking to the Porcupine Freedom Festival people about, you know, s- splitting the costs of using Whova next year. Mm, yeah, that now way that, it can uh, be shared both by Fork Fest and the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah, there we go. So that's something that could be done. You know, there's there's all sorts of things that could be done, and already we're in the planning stages for next year. Well, not planning because no one plans Fork Fest; they just sort of do what they do, and Fork Fest is the result of that. But there's already discussions about, you know, what, what can be done better, what can draw more people in, and, you know, how can we have a better time? Right. Because that's what ForkFest is. We don't yet have a consensus on the dates and things like that for next year is what it is. Well, there was, there's never a consensus on the dates. The dates are going to be what it, the dates are going to end up being whatever I say on the air they are, there's never to be a, honest. There's never a complete consensus, but there is always disagreement about the specific dates. And oh, well, sure. So I mean, forth, to so. some people, uh, Fork Fest this year started on like June the, June the 15th and, or the and 17th. And is official, right? So right. It's, it is kind of what you make of it. It's just a matter of these are the dates that we promote on Free Talk Live, and right. that's and, probably and, going to be. And that tends to be what people come up for because... Yeah, but it's, it's the biggest promoter. But as you pointed out, it's not official. 
Absolutely. There's nothing official about it. People can declare Fork Fest to be whenever they want it to be. And I think, they do. I think last year it uh, persisted for like two weeks after I was back in Keene and back doing my normal <laughs> thing there. And people were still up here having Fork Fest. I was like, okay. I mean, Fork Fest sort of continued year round with um, Dr. Lupo and some others who decided, hey, we're going to just get some property here. Right. Almost. Almost. Yeah, there, I there, said almost. There, there is definitely uh, an echo of this Freedom Festival that uh, that does continue continue almost year round. And it's surprising to see how it bleeds out into the nearby town of Lancaster, which I, I didn't know this, but uh, one of the girls at the gas station that I've been frequenting to buy my frequenting to buy my cigarettes, she came to the Porcupine Freedom Festival for a few days this year, mm-hmm. and she wasn't a libertarian, but now she. She kind of is nice. So I mean, it's it's just fascinating to see how you know just good vibes, positive vibes, can result in positive changes not just here at Fork Fest but throughout the world. Yeah, it's one of the great things about Fork Fest and Pork Fest is it gives people an opportunity to see what it means to be a libertarian. Like what is what does that really mean? You know, it's like I wasn't sure the first time I came up here. You know, and and at first it was like oh, there's some people who clearly aren't libertarian here. And I was a little confused. But then as I talked to more and more people, I realized, oh, 99% of the people are. It's that 1% that aren't. And yes, I am a libertarian, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I moved. <laughs> it was definitely different last year because I, I, mean, I know for a fact there were a few liberals running around left last year. A few mm-hmm. actual Democrats. Always oh, yeah. a few that come up that don't understand what it means to be a libertarian. And they... Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of disagreement about what it means to be a libertarian, but I'm referring to people who are like registered Democrats and who don't identify as libertarian at all. There were people who came and wrote Trump in graffiti on one of like they vandalized. Well, there were there were some trolls. I I, I don't want to attribute them as having attended Pork Fest or Pork Fest or anything like that. But Mm. but the point that I was making is just that there's definitely people here who are not us. Yeah, and I'm just glad to see that it's having this successful of a relationship with the town because that I think is a very important thing. Absolutely. I mean, we want the town to like us for sure. Exactly. More coming up from Pork Fest. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, Fork Fest 2021, happening until July the 4th. You can still get down here and join us. It's always a great time, and I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, other people have finally arrived. Uh, Now, without saying his name, because I don't think we've ever really talked about him on the air or gotten his permission or anything like that, did he consciously choose not to? To attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival, or is oh, it yeah. just? He's, okay. I, I'm pretty sure he's boycotting the still the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Oh, from o- the over uh, past years mm. and FSP Incorporated. Well, I will maintain this chip on my shoulder <laughs> no matter how much you bury the hatchet. Be, that, he will absolutely of, be the last person to continue the boycott. <laughs> okay, well. I'm not boycotting them. Uh, I actually talked to Dennis Pratt, the person who organized it this year, pretty extensively. I thought that there was still some disagreement or some ill will between Carla and myself, but that got pushed down. I mean, we buried that hatchet Saturday, as long as I don't send her any more donations from the <laughs> Reformed Satanic Church. You know, you know what's interesting is the people who are more directly impacted by what happened actually seem to be the most... Um, 
agreeable and willing to let things go. You know, it's kind of interesting. It seems to be other people that are are more angry about the whole situation than the people directly affected. Well, I know that Ian and myself are huge advocates of forgiveness. Absolutely. And, and that mm-hmm. probably plays a role in it. Like, okay, she was upset. I, I forgive her for being upset. And I recognize that what I did was more than a little bit trolly. And you <laughs> yeah. know, I knew it was probably going to upset her. Yeah. You, you know, the so I thing was is, not an angel in this by any means. Behind the scenes, Ian was actually encouraging people to go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival the year that he was banned. Mm-hmm. That just goes to show. Now they're, they they broke up their uh, Free Talk Live and the Pokemon Friend of FSP Incorporated's you know relationship. That still broke up, but that wasn't his doing. Really, that wasn't Ian's doing. That was their doing. And despite right. that, despite all of, despite being banned, Ian was still encouraging people to go. Because I mean, mm-hmm. look at the result. People come here and they go, "Man, I want to move here. It, right, it's important." Exactly. I mean, if you want people to move to New Hampshire. You have to introduce them to the people of New Hampshire, to the liberty movement that is here in New Hampshire. There's still ads running that promote the free, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, I believe it is, um, or the Free State and the for, and the Free State Project, I believe, um, on FTL. Even though the paid advertising, I believe, is gone. Well, that's so. because it's a good idea, and we want to see it happen. Right, exactly. It's not because you know Free Talk Live wants to make money from the Free State Project or anything like that. We want people to move here. If they love liberty, because this is the best place to be for people who love liberty. It is. Yeah, and there's definitely something about getting people to experience the condensed distillate of liberty that is the Porcupine Freedom Festival that, you know, it it whets their palate for like, okay, well, if I can even have a taste of this year round, uh, if I can have, you know, these kind of people to talk to, to interact with, to do business with, Okay, you know, it's worth that investment of getting here and getting things set up. Yep. Yeah, these are these are great events, you know. Um they sometimes some years, you know, they might not be as well organized and there might be some little disagreements, but at the end of the day they're they're uh they're attracting more people to New Hampshire and that's that's ultimately what we're all, you know, fans of. So Right, because, I mean, the more people that we get to New Hampshire, the more we can impact the political landscape and hopefully put an end to some of the tyrannies that we've seen and you know, ideally Secede from the United States, but you know that's that's far in the future. But I, I think it needs to New happen. New Hampshire, we can control New Hampshire or remove the authority of the state to control New Hampshire at a state level first before we start talking about something even more fanciful. But I totally agree with you. I think that is one of the objectives of you know every person who moves. It's like you know, it, I well, think a lot destroying of the ability of the state of New Hampshire to control us is not really going to make a difference in our lives. Well, no, Whereas and, and, the federal government well, ability on. to control I mean, us. Just take the Crypto will, 6, large, for example. Will, I mean, the New Hampshire large, Banking Commission sure. is on record saying that, you know, what the bending, Bitcoin vending machines are definitively not money transmission. So, so the reason I would say I, I don't think... You're right. We'll never be totally free within the, United, within the jurisdiction of the federal government, right? But 80% of the people who are in cages are in cages because of state governments, mm. and it's 30% for federal. So we actually have a huge amount of difference well, and there's, to our and, freedom by well, And a big part of this also is freeing, freeing New Hampshire right. from the federal government, and not just through direct means, but through, like, uh, the federal government says, you will get this money if you comply with these terms. And we already, uh, New Hampshire already, even before the Free State Project, before the migration mm-hmm. movement, was doing a little bit of that um, that we don't uh, we yeah. don't have a seatbelt law in New Hampshire and New and Hampshire, it's one of three states that don't require yep. people to and, wear helmets for motorcycles right. and yep. uh, re- New Hampshire gave the finger to the federal government saying we're not going to accept your bribe to 
you know, their kickbacks because that's what the federal government does. They give you kickbacks in order to pass laws that they themselves don't have the authority to pass under the Constitution. Right. I don't. uh, Is New Hampshire the only state that doesn't require seatbelts? I, I know New Hampshire is, I thought it was, but um, I know New Hampshire is one of the few that don't require car insurance. Um, I think it might be the only one that doesn't require car insurance. I'm, I'm not totally certain, but it is, it is so rare. And yeah, yes. it's just all of these things that accumulated over time that became normalized that New Hampshire just didn't really bother with. Yeah. There's certainly a strong level of distrust of the federal government that was already here in New Hampshire prior to the Free State Project. New Hampshire mm-hmm. is definitely one of the better states overall, and it just happened to be a optimal state for the migration movement, for the whole Freedom Project. And, um, it, you know, the population size was right. You know, it was small enough. It was in a small enough area, uh, you know, that it was contained. It had a huge uh, state house, which means it's easier to get people elected. It just had all of the right conditions um, and well, happened to already all be gr- one of the better states. Yeah, it's already leaning very strong libertarian. I mean, back in... I wouldn't call the locals libertarian, but they certainly leaning in that direction more so than other states. Well, that's why I said it was leaning libertarian, and I didn't call the locals well, libertarians, it, but... It's definitely... It is definitely libertarian by New England standards. That's a fact. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's got... New, oh, yeah. I mean, if you compare it to, like, Massachusetts or New, New England has some of the best and worst states in the nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure how many other... Uh, New England states would qualify as being the best states other than New Hampshire. As far as mm. I can tell, it's pretty much the, sta- it's the odd one out. Yeah. New Hampshire is pretty unique. Yep. And and it is important to keep, uh, like, not just to expand this resistance to subtle federal control, but to keep going what was already here in that in those terms. Certainly. And and it is, it, it is absolutely the case that we will either hang together or we will be hanged separately. Definitely. And that's what we want. We want to get more people here so that we can push back against some of these insane federal regulations that, you know, they use state governments to to push down onto actual residents of New Hampshire. We've been fortunate in that there isn't a seatbelt law or anything like that. Of course, I still wear my seatbelt if I'm getting on the highway to do 65 miles an hour or whatever. I always wear my seatbelt. Sometimes a, things are smart to do, and you don't need a government to oppress you in order to, like, want to do them. And Sununu actually admitted this when he lifted the mask mandate. He was like, hey, yeah, we, we don't have to tell people to wear masks for, in order for them to do the right thing and wear masks. Okay. Well, gee, if only you'd thought that. Yeah. So so where was that mentality six months ago when you implemented this mask mandate? But exactly. suddenly it was politically expedient for him to make that message. Okay, but that message was still true six months ago. We don't need a law telling us to wear seatbelts. There was, there was definitely resistance, and there would be far less resistance if it hadn't been mandated. A- absolutely. But, I mean, a lot of businesses had mask mandates and stuff like that in place prior to the actual statewide mandate or to the one in the city of Keene. Yeah, most of the people I interacted with the, uh, for most of the time that the mask mandate was in place, you know, weren't wearing masks. Now, that wasn't necessarily true probably of like I especially the your town in general, but, but my experience was a little atypical and unique. That's what I was trying to get to. But that's because I'm around so many other like-minded individuals, you know, you just don't find that outside New Hampshire. I saw a lot of people voluntarily and still voluntarily wearing masks. And, I, you know, I don't shame them for that. I, I wouldn't want to do it. We got a couple of Italians that still are wearing masks. So, you know. Yeah. We don't all have to get along and agree on everything, you know, to, to, to uh, agree that mask mandates or government mandated anything is, is wrong, morally we, wrong. Right. Most of the people I see on motorcycles are wearing helmets, even though there's no state requirement 
forcing them to. In New Hampshire, anyway. Yeah. They, yeah. they just choose to do it because, uh, hey, I'm driving this death rocket at 60 miles an hour. If I wreck, I'm going to die. I should probably protect my skull. Yeah, we don't have to agree on how risky a behavior is in order to agree that each of us needs to determine what our level of willingness to take those risks are. And New Hampshire already understands that to a large degree, and bringing more libertarians here just makes that more likely to actually come to fruition and lead to the to, to the repealing of some of these laws that the federal government has managed to get imposed here. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking with someone last night, and uh, he he had gone to the uh, the Manchester airport and was talking to the TSA agent of all people, and uh, he's wearing this "Live Free or Die" shirt, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm a local, and I love the Live Free or Die thing." And, and it's like you you know where you work, right? But still, it really does illustrate the point that even the TSA agent here is like, "Yeah, man, live free or die." <laughs> it's a beautiful place to be. You got to get down here. Come take come get a taste of the freedom we're here until july the 4th more coming up it's free talk live the crypto six are preparing to defend ourselves against the state on march the 16th of this year the federal government came after free talk live they raided the studio they arrested several of our hosts one of whom rich paul also known as nobody remains in custody. They picked us thinking that they would find easy targets. Man, were they wrong, because we do not intend to back down. Visit thecrypto6.com to find out how you can join the war for freedom and financial liberty. Bitcoin isn't a crime. Cryptocurrency isn't a crime. Don't let the powers that be take control of cryptocurrency and establish the likes of Coinbase, Gemini, and Kraken as the next J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. Keep cryptocurrency decentralized and beyond the control of the federal government. Go to thecrypto6.com to learn more about how you can join this fight. Thecrypto6.com. <laughs> 